again, everyone, and welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry, joined by the one, the only Mr. Darren Shrewsbury Jr. And Dan, before we get started, I have two questions for you. Number one, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Well, considering I just watched a TV show that uh, the, that's effectively <laughs> on it, uh, I guess uh, more frequently than I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> At least now. <laughs> yeah. I I can say I confidently say I I very rarely think I would have to be prompted like you or I have to be watching something. I don't just go around thinking about the Roman Empire. I guess I'm not a man at this point. According to TikTok, I'm not a man. But <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I don't either. I really don't. Second, Actually, I take it back. The TV show was it's 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 a cartoon set in ancient Greece. Oh, is it Crapopolis? Yes. Is it good? It's so great. <laughs> I've, I've heard about it and never actually gotten around to watching it, but now I kind of want to. Yeah. Now. It, it, well, you you haven't missed much yet in terms of it just came out, so I just watched the second episode. Um, but it, it has been it, it's been fun. the uh, the second episode's called the Stupor Bowl. If that, oh, that no. tells you everything you need oh, to know, oh no. <laughs> yep, that tells you anything I need to know. Um, anyway, let's second question number two. Hey, did you buy your Travis Kelsey jersey on Sunday? Because <laughs> Taylor Swift, if you haven't figured it out, is pretty much dating Travis Kelsey. And get this: this sales of his jersey went up four hundred percent on Sunday, simply due to her presence at the game. Now you talk about not getting. The Roman Empire thing on TikTok. I don't get it either. I truly do not get this at all. <laughs> I do not get it. I really don't. I don't understand why all of these Swifties are out here buying Travis Kelsey jerseys and are watching games with their guys. It's like, it's still a football game. She's not going to break out in a concert in the middle of the game. <laughs> it, they're, it, all she's doing is being there next to Mama Kelsey, having the time of her life. Mm -hmm. you, you don't gain anything from this. What's the point? All you <laughs> did was waste money. I, I truly don't get it. I won't, uh, I won't, I won't try to understand it. I mean, if, if it takes that, to, not that they'll, not that the NFL is hemorrhaging viewers, of course, but if it takes that to, to grow the viewership of the NFL or to, to get a, a guy, uh, a hefty sum of money next month when the when the uniform royalties roll in, then all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's the thing. I was talking to a friend of ours yesterday about this. I said, look, all I know is that Roger Goodell has already gone online and got his marriage license. He will marry them tomorrow if he if he can, <laughs> because he knows what this does to his knee. <laughs> oh boy. We'll get to the NFL in a little bit, but right now we have college business to take care of. West Virginia beats Texas Tech in a game that can only be described by one word, ugly. But mm -hmm. they got the win. Darren, what'd you think? Um, certainly ugly, but um, it, was, it was a big – it was basically a – if you're a quarterback, you're entirely incapable of performing. Uh, now – no, it's not to shit on Nico Marchio, uh, but it is to absolutely shit on the guy, uh, Morton, uh, who 
if I recall correctly, was the one of many Texas Tech backups over the years to randomly come into a game over over said years and just absolutely blow our socks off. Um, many times in Lubbock. Yes. Thank God this wasn't uh, in Lubbock. And yeah, last year it was what forty-eight to something, forty-eight to three. It was a, something that it was bad, and it was on the heels of having a backup quarterback in and just blow our socks off. Um, today and this time was more of a the defense just continued to make his life hell. He was thirteen of thirty-seven, absolutely horrible. Um, Morkio was twelve of seventy-eight, but. You know, they didn't use him as well, much. Uh, 12, 12 for 78, 12, 4, 78. Uh, so he had 12 completions for 78 yards. So they used him to pass, but it really wasn't a, we expect you to go deep. It was some chunk passes. And uh, I swear, though, if I have to see another designed QB draw where they try to fake it as if he's going to pass it, I'm going to blow my brains out. Um Metaphorically speaking, I would not actually do so. Um, <laughs> because, my lord, that was... That was the most boring thing to watch. It was... It's like they practiced four plays all week. Now, granted, that's all they needed. <laughs> because the defense... The defense did their job, and they did it pretty well. Uh, but, my goodness. Now, of the... Of, of, of the the, the one thing that they managed to avoid out of all of this was they lost the turnover battle. Um, and in do, normally in doing so against Texas Tech, uh, that spells automatic doom. Fortunately, they broke that curse at least temporarily this week. Um, and, and it was nice because I didn't... Uh, maybe I'm going crazy, but... No, never mind. There was not a pick six. No, there was not a pick six. Um, it was just two bad interceptions. Um, but it, it was just a slugfest, mainly. Uh, plus the fact that uh, WVU's offense only knew four plays. Um, which, again, I, I say that, but I also kind of come in expecting that Mark Yo's not going to be running the full playbook, really. Um, but geez, it was so rough to watch. Um, defensively, they did, they did quite well. Um, they, up until the last minute, they kept them off the, pretty much off the scoreboard, uh, which was nice. And the penalty, now, what really got them were penalties. They had nine penalties for 96 yards, Texas Tech did. Uh, they were two for 18 on third downs. Now, West Virginia was three for 13, but... Ooh, that's uh, an so, combined so average. Obviously bad. Um, but... Uh, four, fifth, fifth downs, yes. They basically gave themselves <laughs> fifth downs. Uh, fourth downs, they were five for eight, Texas Tech. They just went for it every time they got a chance. Uh, and you'd think go, getting five fourth down conversions in a game, you, you'd think that maybe they would have a few more points on the board, especially cause it's considering they didn't turn it over. Um, well, the game would be a lot higher scoring than it was. They'd be it, down big. Right. Um, so it was very wild, very, just a weird, very interesting game. Uh, 
again, mostly a defensive slugfest. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate a defensive slugfest. But I would like to think that had had the playbook been a little more open, and that regardless of who is at quarterback, um, that WVU might have actually blown the wheels off, and 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 it would have been a no-brainer, like. The game felt much closer than it needed to be based on how dominant WVU's defense was and how many mistakes Texas Tech was making, despite the fact that they didn't turn. Um, so, I, it's 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 worrying, but it's also not that worrying simply because they did so while running fifteen quarterback draws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not only, I mean, you, you're right. It was a boring, it was a bland game. It was uh, the most vanilla, plain Jane, whatever you want to say about it game. But then again, he had two back backup quarterbacks out. I mean, let's not forget, Texas Tech's quarterback went out in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And am I right in saying he broke his leg? I, I actually didn't I saw. see what the update was. Um, I think but... I saw he broke his leg. Oof. Um, but but they made giving... the fact that he stood in there and played the next play. Really remarkable. Yeah, um, I mean, they were giving him uh, a bit of a bit of hell before uh, Morton came in. So I'm, I was, I, I feel like the trend would have kept up in terms of how bad the quarterback play was on that side, uh, simply because of how much pressure they were putting on him. Uh, I was about to ask you that. Do you think the game, if it had been two starting quarterbacks playing, not just uh, Nico, but if they had, do you think it would have been? They would have won the game, maybe a few more points. But how do you think it would have been different? Not that I, you know, I don't want to play hypothetical all the time, but yeah. it's an interesting conversation to have in this case. I, I think they 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 showed early that they were willing to put enough pressure on the quarterback, and they he was two for six for with three yards before he was knocked out, um, and and the 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 receivers, and it wasn't just the the quarterbacks making bad passes per se it was the defense the cornerbacks were staying on the ball they weren't i think they were they had uh something like 12 pass defenses or something if i recall some ungodly number of pass defenses um let's see 10 they had 10 pass breakups as a team that's pretty wild in one game to be honest mm-hmm. um Whereas Texas Tech had one. Uh, so 10 of those incompletions, 10 of the 28 incompletions in the game were because the cornerbacks or a lineman was knocking the ball or somebody. Does that count as a pass defended? If the lineman knocks down the ball? I'm going to think it does. I don't think so. I don't, but I don't think so. It wouldn't surprise me if it doesn't. Um, Beanie Bishop had three beautiful ones. Uh and I believe one of them was a touchdown saver. Uh, Jared Bartlett got it there in, in one. Um, they were just, they were absolute ball hawks. Without, they, they didn't force turnovers, but they kept the ball out of the hands of the receivers. And that's dang near good enough. And which it, in this case, it was absolutely good enough. Um, so that, that just goes right back to the defense won this game. For all intents and purposes, the defense won this game. It, it, does it seem like to you that that's how this team's going to have to win? Defense I, and run I, the ball? 
I would like to think so. Yeah. I mean, they had what 157 yards rushing. Um, that's, that's, that's Nico was, was half of those, which again, I, I hate that. Um, but it, it, it worked, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the running game, they, the running game is, is consistently what I think is, is what will keep this team, with this offense moving and, and keep things open because we have a, a deep core and it, they were showing some, some, they were each show, getting to show a little bit of flashiness, even though they only got a few touches, uh, the other ones. And it's just like, okay, cool. They're making some plays. Um, they're getting thrown in there. And it was, it was nice. Um, the, the, and the receivers, when they did get a chance to make a play, were doing, were, were doing pretty solidly. I agree. Um, so, I think about this. We all talked about after the pit game. At least it was brought up. No, not the pit game. Penn State. I'm sorry. That you know, we, we say it's doom and gloom now, but this team could be three and one with the only loss being a top ten team on the road. They are mm-hmm. like, but the, blows your mind. Yeah, but West Virginia is halfway to bowl eligibility, and we're not even to October yet. Mm-hmm. When's the last time this happened? I mean, this hasn't like what? Yeah, we're not supposed to be. We're not supposed to be here. <laughs> no, I mean, I I honestly figured at best we'd be two and two, um, and you know, I'm glad to be wrong. Honestly. This is the first time in Neil Brown's tenure at West Virginia that he has won three straight games. Yeah, and which was wild to think Texas about. Tech. Oh, it was also wild. I mean, he said himself on the field before the game, or was it before the game or during halftime, that he was like, I, I wouldn't, if you would ask me, I've worked for these guys. Uh, if you'd ask me that. That was my, after the game. Okay, yeah. Then he was like, if you, if you'd ask me that Texas Tech would be, the last team we had to beat in the Big Twelve when I got here, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, and, and then oh, we, the other four into the chat. Yeah, we got to beat all four of them now, otherwise someone else is going to take that place. Probably <laughs> UCF. Um, or BYU is a lot better than I thought they'd be. And Cincinnati's not all. Oh, they're none of them are really bad. Mm-hmm. Like okay, Houston's bad. But everything else, I haven't even seen. So I'll Houston's take bad, but they've also got Holgerson, who has, I think, has a Red Bull induced uh, rage in that he plans on taking out on West Virginia. <laughs> the simple fact that he is not there now, even though he mm-hmm. left on his own accord, we still apparently did something bad. <laughs> anyway, let's move to an up to an old foe, TCU. I say old foe because they are have been members of the Big 12 Conference the same amount of time as West Virginia has. And they are we've had this conversation before, but we, we both feel like TCU has become West Virginia's Big 12 rival, don't we? It's like th- they've mm-hmm. always been the most consistently tough games, back and forth games, evenly split games. You don't know what's going to happen when West Virginia TCU face off, and that's usually a good sign for in terms of an interesting game. Mm-hmm. That and I'm just kind of annoyed by them. <laughs> I'm trying to see there. Uh, I'm going to bring. I'm see if I can find the uh, 
the oops that's a few years old i'm trying to see if i can find the all-time record against them um i'm sure it won't be hard to find uh wvu football history up count one um this goes back to 1984 but all-time wvu is seven and five against tcu Yep. Six and five, uh, six and three at home, five and three on the, no, I'm sorry. sorry I'm sorry. Five, uh, three and three at home, three and two on the road, one and oh in neutral game, in neutral site games. When was the neutral site mm-hmm. game? On the Astros, the first time they met. Okay. So yeah, an even yeah. series if there ever was one. Yeah. I mean, and not including 1984, like since they've been in the Big 12, it's, it's six and five. So really, as close as you can get um and it's it's uh it's fun it, honestly it's fun it's fun to play them generally it's fun to play them and most games i don't believe many of the games of course let's see wvu obliterated them in 18 uh wow yeah one two three wv was on a four game win streak against them prior to losing last year and that was only a 10 year or 10 10 point Lost last year. But look at these scores 41 31, 29 17, 24 6, 20 17, 40 7 10, 31 24, 34 10, 40 10, 30 31, 30 27, 38 39, 31 14. This is always a close game, except for that weird period in like 2015 and 16. And we got blown out down there, then we blew them out in Morgantown. <laughs> It's just really it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, did you remember West Virginia being number seven in the country in 2018? Uh, no, I didn't remember them being up that high. Yeah, when they point. played TCU in twenty in November twenty eighteen, they were number seven in the land. Huh. I've forgotten West Virginia's had success post Pat White. <laughs> yeah, I say that only partially jokingly. Anyway, let's take a look at the 2023 point frogs. Of course, this is the team that played for the national championship last year and got obliterated by Georgia. Sorry, TCU fans. Um, but they they went to the portal a lot. So this is not the same team. They lost that barn burner to Colorado, then beat Nichols uh, 41 to 6, beat Houston 36-13, then beat SMU 24-17. So it's a three and one football team, same record as West Virginia. But I feel like their loss was probably. I, actually, I don't know. Is their loss better than our loss? I mean, it's only three, but it was to a Colorado team that isn't as highly ranked as Penn State, and they were at home. Uh, I mean, considering considering Colorado turned a back around and then had a overtime shootout against Colorado State and then got absolutely destroyed by Oregon. Uh, yeah, I'd say TC like West Virginia's loss is quote unquote the better of the losses. So, with that, not having any stats for TCU, at least not that we're going to go. I mean, I have it right in front of me, but I probably (laughs) doesn't really feel like going through this whole 32 page document. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna okay. 
TCU is averaging 38.3 points per game. They give out 20.3 points per game. Uh, they do a lot of their damage. Uh, let's see here. Mostly through the air. It's uh, They have 11, uh, 1,171 passing yards, 833 mm-hmm. rushing yards. They give up 340 on the ground. But they give up 1170 on through the air too. So what that tells me is you can't you can't run against TCU, but you can damn sure throw it against mm-hmm. TCU. And I don't like that because that's not yeah. setting West Virginia up for success. Yeah, considering passing is not the strength in any way, and rushing it it, it is our strength, but I'm not convinced it's top tier. It's a top tier. It's a top caliber rushing group, right? So it's a solid group, but it's not. It it, it it's not going to necessarily blow the socks off of anybody. Um, so it, it it's I and I'm not because of high high powered they they are in terms of offense. I mean they're you know what is it averaging 500 yards a game or something like that. Something like um, that. Yeah. Th- that's why I really get worried about uh, about the uh, the secondary and how they're going to to hold up. And I mean, I don't know how how many sacks the, this line has given up, uh, but it makes me want them to get hope that they get a little bit more pressure on uh, on the quarterback to maybe you know relieve that secondary. TCU is averaging 501 yards even mm-hmm. of, uh, of, of offense. They give up on average 377.5 yards mm-hmm. of offense. I'm just going to say this. If West Virginia gets to 350 yards of offense, number one, we have a problem, and number two, we got a small miracle on our hands. <laughs> yeah. This game has to the, – the key for this game, and it's going to sound like, well, duh, what are you saying? But the key for me – is establish your game before they get to theirs. Hockey players always hear, you know, I hear hockey, it's, oh, we want to get to our game. We want to be the first one to do it. West Virginia's got to get to their game first. If they do, good chance. If they don't, say hello to three and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be quite interesting. Uh, plus in, in uh or at TCU, so that makes it a bit uh, much tougher. And it's a night game, which who oh boy, I mean, who doesn't mm-hmm. like a good night game? But it it's it's going to be regardless of who's a quarterback, it's gonna make it's gonna worry me. Um not because I don't have confidence in either of them, but because it, it's it's been apparent that they're going to utilize the QB draw a lot, no matter who's there. <laughs> And you can't be doing a QB draw 15 times against TCU. You can't be doing it. No. Not no. against a team that allows 85 yards a game in rushing. Now, let's let's have this conversation. Who would you start at quarterback? If, if Green's healthy, put Green in. But, oh, because I, I'm, I'm a little more confident with his throwing ability but it's again that's not that it's a mind blowing ability or that he's doing off the wall things uh but Markiel was 
was making some very dumb decisions when he caused those turnovers and a few other passes I think probably could have been turned over. Um, so it's just that his decision making isn't quite there for me yet. Uh, so if Green is healthy and it's not detrimental to have him in more so than it already is to just have them in to begin with because it's football, uh, then Green is who I would want in there because I, and I'm also saying this because I believe we will have a more open game plan with him at the helm. Uh, it'll be a little more open than it was this week with Markiel if he, if he was in the, you know, if he's in this week, because I imagine they would have a little more time to to build around it. But it, it's not going to be fully open because you're not having the guy who we all know damn well was the intended starter from the beginning, uh, regardless of what Neil Brown wants to say and, and wanted to be all mysterious about it. We all knew. Um, so, yeah, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable with Green. Not to mention the fact that after this, you get a semi-buy before you play Houston. It's listed as a bye week, but let's face it. They're not going to do anything on a short week. They're going to start on TCU. They're going to make TC, uh, Houston rather a, a normal week, just different days. So whatever Monday is will be like Thursday is now Saturday. It is not a full bye week. Yeah. The, ne- the full bye week is after that Thursday night game. Just don't play again for nine days. So that's where you go, okay, we can really – but you get a mini-buy. So I, I, think, I think Green will go, but – and I feel a little bit better about that because you have some time off if he does need a little bit more time off before playing Houston. Mm-hmm. And Houston's one of those games where, like, I know every conference game is important. Yeah, yeah, I know all that. But – for fuck's sake, please beat Dana Holgerson. <laughs> please. For, for all of it is good. Please beat Houston. Houston and Pitt are the games I want to win. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a mere bonus at this point. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to a team that beat TCU, Colorado. They got taken behind the woodshed by mm-hmm. Oregon. 42-6. to So... What does this mean for Coach Prime? And excuse me, as I gag after saying that, and his Buffalo and his Colorado Buffaloes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the whole thing about Coach uh, uh, about Colorado has been changing. You know, flipping the script. Right? They've already they've already surpassed what the team from last year had done, and they've done it with literally an entirely new roster. Uh, but the, it comes to a point where you've got to wo- wonder if they are too, so focused on being this media baby that they lost sight of the focus that they should have been having, and that's winning a damn football game. Uh, I mean, everyone was... It felt like after all the bullshit that came out of the Colorado State game that uh, that was, oh, they done made it personal, blah, blah, blah. And don't get me wrong, they did for no damn reason, uh, Colorado State did, that Colorado turns around and effectively did the same thing to Oregon. 
and it wasn't really made that apparent until after the game was already occurred. Uh, in fact, with the exception of right before the game, uh, supposedly, what was it, Colorado had gone on to midfield and did yep. some dance or whatever it was. I didn't actually watch the video because, frankly, I didn't give a shit. Uh, but, but disrespect they, the logo. There's they, something special about it. That's what yeah, they did. It's like they disrespected the logo. Um, and you do all of that. And you kind of start, and, and I guess uh, uh, Shiloh was running his mouth before the game, uh, two players on the field before the game started. It was either before or right, right at the beginning. I can't recall. Um, again, didn't even bother listening to the audio, audio clip because, again, I just don't care. But you do all this. When, to my understanding, Oregon didn't do anything unwarranted, right? Uh, they they were well, just oh, well, okay. The coach, you, the yeah, yeah, I say that, and then I think yeah, the coach basically just said they were doing it for clicks, and which is true. That not a single word of that was false. <laughs> that they, but maybe that, you don't want that. That you, you notice the film camera in front of you, right? Yeah, it's like maybe don't say it with a camera in front of your face. Also true. Um, so. You do all that, and then Colorado goes and does what they do. And if you're going to do that, damn it, put up more than six points. <laughs> At least make it look like you were trying. Um, because now you're sitting there with an egg on your face, and you're coming into USC. Uh-huh. Uh I mean, let, let's see how badly. Uh, j- just the three stats. Just three stats. None going to look at anything else. 522 yards to Colorado's 199. 30 first downs to 13. Somehow, Colorado managed not to give the ball away. Uh... What? <laughs> it was 42 to nothing at one point, uh, up until the, and uh, some point in the fourth quarter. Well, late in the fourth quarter. Basically, a garbage time touchdown. To be fair, the whole second half was garbage time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think, and I, and, and if he doesn't, like, this, he's going to keep running his mouth. Let's just be real. He's going to keep saying things. He's going to keep doing what, whether it's, inflammatory or not, but this should humble them, especially because they just got kicked out of the top 25, which shouldn't be that surprising. Um, and you got to come, you got to come back to earth real damn fast after that, especially when you're turning around and playing the number eight team in the country with the defending Heisman with, trophy winner quarterback. Exactly. Uh, defending the Heisman trophy window, uh, believed number one pick, all the bullshit that they keep popping in every year with a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. The hype train man. The second hype train man behind, I guess, Deion Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, what, basically what I'm saying, what I need, what, what we need to hear or see out of all this, more specifically, what we need to not see is a damn clip of Deion Sanders this week. A damn clip of any of either of his sons spewing something. I don't want to see Travis Hunter in his onesie on Twitch, you know, saying some crap about in response to a, a 
reported video from the other team. Uh, don't want to hear it. Don't want to see it. Don't care. Uh, you've got egg on your face, and it's time to hide for a minute, wash it off, get your mind straight, and actually put up a quality product on the field against a far superior opponent. I'm glad you said far superior opponent, because I, I don't disagree with anything you said. Not a, not a word. But let's also put this theory out there. They didn't lose because they ran their mouths. They lost because Oregon was just a better team at every level. Yeah. I mean, literally every, every way, shape, and form. I mean, let's just face it. Like, Colorado, okay. Let's let's go let's let's go let's go game by game here. Let's 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 have some fun here. Let, let let's let's do this. Okay. So you got USC after that mm-hmm. this week. Then you have Arizona State. They're a better team than Arizona State. They should win that game. They're a better team than Stanford. They should win that game. Uh, they're not a better team than UCLA. They might be a better team than Oregon State. They're a better team than Arizona, and then they might be a better team than Washington State. They are not a better team than Utah. So for like half your remaining games, you're not the better team. Mm-hmm. Which means half those remaining games, your asses had better show up and get and be ready to go. Because uh, here's the thing: I thought this from the moment that this started happening. Dion recruited at an incredibly high level at Jackson State, mm-hmm. for which he deserves a lot of credit because HBCUs yes. are hard to recruit for. Mm-hmm. But they won not because they were schematically great. They won because they could out-talent people. Mm-hmm. You can't out-talent most of this Pac-12. I'm sorry, but you can't. You're going to have to actually show me that you can out-tactic them. And they got obliterated on the battlefield in Oregon, and they're probably going to get obliterated on their own field by USC because, again, they can't out-talent USC. Yep. No shot. Exactly. And they say all of this, making perfectly clear that something's been done right, but it's not perfect. And anyone who assumed it would be, and and it was frankly wrong. And now, for the record, I also very damn thought this game was me a lot closer than 42 to 6. I didn't really think Colorado was going to win it, but I damn well thought it was going to be closer than 42 to 6. You know I thought there would bad. be at least some fight. You know it's bad when the home fans leave early. When you see a sea, a, a constant stream of Oregon fans leaving across the bridge going mm-hmm. into Austin, that's when you know it's bad. Because yeah. we all know in a blowout, the home fans stay last mm-hmm. because they want to enjoy it. And that. They enjoyed it, but they also enjoyed it from the bar in downtown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I can't think of a time in my time in Morgantown that I left a game that they that they were that they were winning or obliterating the guys. Well, you're also think... fairly financially yeah. sound, so you're like, I, I went yeah. here by God, I'm going to stay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also helped that I got the tickets for free, so okay, really, enough. I had no financial incentive to stay. It was simply, I was the there, and damn it, I'm going to sing country roads. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thing. Everyone's like, oh, do you want to leave early? No, we're singing country roads, like, man. This, we do post-game traditions here. Yeah. Huh? Like, I, I, I can't think of a 
I cannot think of a single time why why I have. Now that doesn't mean I haven't left. I might have left one, but I genuinely cannot remember if I have. Fair and that's and that's not because of me being intoxicated. That's just no. I, I've been to so many that that came later. Yeah, I've been to so many <laughs> games that I don't recall leaving any of the ones that we've won. I've certainly left one or two that we were losing, and that's because we were absolutely getting obliterated. Um, then he got intoxicated. <laughs> no, so we didn't say no. <laughs> you know, I I have to say this about about Colorado though. I'll give Dion credit for this. He owned up to them getting their ass beat. Mm-hmm. I, he didn't deny it. He didn't dance around. It. He said, "We got our asses kicked." Yeah, because I think th- he how many coach. How many coaches around the country do you know that actually come out and say, we got our asses kicked? Not very many. Very I mean, few. I, I don't think Neil Brown would. No. I'm if pretty West sure got one beat of the... the exact same score on Saturday, you'd have him dancing around the question. Deacon just came out and said it. Yeah. I think one of the quotes was, that was just a good old-fashioned butt-kicking. Yeah. And that it was. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely uh, absolutely props to him for not beating around the bush. Saying it like it is. And that's that's a thing that that if you're if if you're a player, I'd much rather you tell me y'all sucked. You guys did absolutely nothing right. I didn't do anything right as a coach. Let's go out there and fix it. Like, yeah, just straight up. That was bad. And not only that, we said to the to a to a hot mic in a media session. Mm-hmm. He didn't just say it in the locker room, and I'm sure he did say it in the locker room. Yeah. But th- we all we've all heard this, right? The media, the press conferences are not just for you and me; they're for the players too. That's a way of coaches to reinforce something. Mm-hmm. One thing to tell in the locker room, guys: we were awful. We got our ass beat. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Another thing to go out there and actually say to someone who's going to put this online or in print form the second you say it. We got our asses beat. Yeah. There is something to be said for that. As much as you and I are kind of like, oh, okay, I'm over Dion or I don't like how I will give him credit where it is due. And Mm -hmm. he absolutely deserves credit for that. 100%. Yep. Now, my last thoughts on the game is I wonder where this puts his sons in the rankings of his kids now. That is an excellent question, and I would have to assume that whoever was at the bottom of that rank can start all right from the very top. <laughs> More importantly, though, let's 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 dig into that for a second. I I don't even know if I'm if I like okay, I appreciate your honesty, or I'm baffled by the fact that he even said <laughs> like, he basically shot down the notion that people who have multiple kids love them both the same like no there are rankings of my sons i have a favorite son and i have a least favorite son and i'm like who on this earth says that like no one says it yeah yeah they do they're like 15 beers in at the bar at 2 a.m i think the big thing is he's saying probably uh, what i feel like is he's saying the quiet part out loud for a lot of things because i feel like i i i we're people in general. Like we, we, we oh, rank really? things. We have okay, preferences. Great. We we you have favorite people, and I have a. I'm hard pressed to believe that. I'm not going to say this for all parents, but that 
a majority of parents out there with multiple kids don't have one where they're like, I don't know, this one's a little shit. (laughs) 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 I mean, that doesn't mean they don't love them. But you can't tell me that parents out there with multiple kids don't sit there and go, you know, I like this one a bit more today. Uh, I'm wondering how many times your mom, is, your mom and dad thought that about I you and your brother. I guarantee you many times. <laughs> <laughs> Were you always the favorite? Uh, I, I can imagine sometimes why I, I would probably at the bottom for a short bit. Um, but I'm like, so I, so I think what he's just doing is seeing the quiet part out loud. And I don't think, I, I mean, it, it, because it, it basically it does. I mean, it basically is a, a rotating thing. It's, it's the same thing with with anybody and their fr- groups of friends. Like, oh, maybe today or maybe this week, I like this friend a little bit more, or something or another. So, it, it was a damn funny way of putting it for sure. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I don't. I have a hard, I'm hard pressed to believe that any parent out there is listening and going. You know, he's got a point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll go buy maybe they'll go buy his sunglasses because he yeah. has a point like like since he's bought Travis Kelsey's jersey. There was a uh this is obviously not um it, it's kind of related in a way because one of the the uh RuneScape he's well YouTube or Twitch stream or whatever it is, he I guess mostly a Twitch streamer. At one uh, when I first started watching him, he was a part of a, a they, they were playing a, a group the group mode the, the group iron man mode but um but uh it's called hardcore so they have a limited number of lives before they you know get booted off the high scores and stuff uh but long story short he at one point he started a basically a good noodle board for his group <laughs> members and it got it uh because throughout the whole majority of the time they played together um he was basically the group father because he was also always keeping everybody in check. So at some point, someone gifted him um, like X amount of subs or whatever to be like, hey, you want to keep a good noodle board? And he just decided every day he gets a good noodle store for farming this or farming that. And now he lost a, a, a he lost a life today. So he's he's bad. Uh, I don't like him a little bit today. He He gets a bad store. Thumbs down. Uh, so it just made me immediately think of that. Just keeping a running good noodle board. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm the coach that actually would call it a good noodle, Same. noodle board. And one of my players would be like, You're how old now? <laughs> it's like, like shouldn't you sh- shouldn't you not be doing this? I'd look at me like SpongeBob was quite literally my childhood. You'll yes. be right. To, you'll be you'll be right to uh, to respect that. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I told you about my friend that has the Patrick watch tattooed on his wrist. Have I not? I believe you have. Yeah. Just, you know what? I'm not a tattoo guy, but I actually would. <laughs> doing that <laughs> but at the same time i know why i'm not a tattoo guy number one i'm just not there number two i have a very low pain tolerance i have no <laughs> desire to get stuck on the needle anytime i don't have to and i've had <laughs> enough needles where i've had to i'm not really gonna do that voluntarily yeah i'm just saying don't blame you now mm. one more thing before we go to the nfl you mentioned a group and i was thinking about this earlier I was thinking about like one of the what is the best part about being older? But what's the best part about being a grown up, Terry, uh, an adult? There is a right answer. 
See, if you'd asked me when I was little, it'd be uh, uh, getting to coast and smoke cigarettes and eat donuts. <laughs> well, two of those things are good. The other one's very bad. Exactly. But, but you're wrong. The correct answer is being able to say to call any male younger than you son. Yeah. That is the best part of being an adult. That is the single uh... best part of it. If you're in a group and there is a male younger than you, you can go, now son, now listen here, son. Son, let me tell you what. You can do this and get away with it. That is the best part about being yep. seven. That is the best part. I've been doing it for years. I love it. It's fantastic. Yep. <laughs> Now, let's move on to <clears throat> Professor Lafayette before you and I get any further off topic. The Patriots are off the snide. They have beaten the Jets once again. Surprise, surprise. Except it was a close game. Now, I'm of the belief that this was going to be a close game. In fact, the weather was absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Absolutely awful game if you played in the double would have been a lot different. You broke up for a second, though. Yeah. That, that, yeah. In part, I'd like to think. I mean, the receivers, I, I felt like they were dropping passes all over the place. Um, they, now, they, they put a decent amount of pressure on Mac as well. I think um, but if he didn't make any horrible mistakes, I think there were a couple things that might have uh, probably should have ended in a in a in an interception. Um, but it was just not good, not a good day for passing in general. Uh, this was one of those days where the running game had to step up uh, for both sides, really, and at least for the Patriots, it did. I mean, Zeke averaged five yards a carry. Uh, Stevenson got another 15 carries or something in there. I think they ran it like 40 times that uh, uh, that game. So, <clears throat> I mean, they were safe with the ball, which is the important thing. Uh, and uh, so the, the rain definitely had an effect to some extent, especially with, with catching. Um, now, for the Jets side, they just couldn't do anything right. So it, whether or not... He didn't do a damn thing right. And yet they still almost had a Hail Mary to win the game at the last minute because, lo and behold, the Patriots are still having problems closing games. Yeah. <clears throat> let's also, before we get into the nitty-gritty of this, let's also give Chad Ryland a huge round of applause. The kids got a boot. Mm-hmm. Making a long, I forget, what was it, 50 yards or something like that? He made a long kick. He... I think he had two forty-eight yard attempts, That's it. and then they, well, one of them, one of them converted, and the other one was just a bad hold. And then, and this tells you the confidence that the t- the coaching staff has in him. They put him out there for a fifty-seven yarder in that weather, and again, the the holding was a big problem on that one, because uh, it it, oh boy, it had no shot. Um, but the kids got a boot. But if they trust a rookie to go out there in that weather and kick a fifty-seven yarder, I'd like to see. I'd like to see him 
be out there more in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that gives me, that gives me some hope for the special team side there. I'm with you now. I, you're right. This was always going to be a game where you had to run the ball and the Patriots running game should be good enough to win these games. And it was, but that should have been more than it was. Uh, I'm sorry, but you can't beat the Jets mm-hmm. like 19 to 15. Um, you just you just can't. Mm-hmm. Like, that's got to you... be a, a more definitive. Don't give me a heart attack when I yeah. say they have another two minutes with the ball. Uh, yeah, it, it just can't. It can't. Yeah, especially when you outgain them two to one in yards. Um, and the, the biggest thing here was. Up until like halfway through the fourth quarter, Zach Wilson had all of 40 damn yards passing. The team had like 65 yards total. They were basically that one touchdown drive away from from putting up the defense uh, holding them to the lowest amount of yards in a Belichick coached game. Ever. I think his lowest is like 103 yards allowed in a game. And they would have obliterated, they were basically obliterating that until that last uh, touchdown drive. It's like, okay. Um, again, they, they, they held up in every other regard where they need to. Next, they turn back around. Judon gets his second sack, which turned into a safety. And that put a lot of pressure on the Jets to in the end there, but given all of that, you, you shouldn't be ending the game on a damn New York <laughs> tipped in Hail Mary that probably would have lost you the game. Uh, it's that it's just it's that closing, just close the damn game and. Some weird penalties of a couple penalties that didn't make any really any sense to me, but you had six penalties. Um, so not a puff, not not that clean of a, a game in that regard. Uh, so definitely plenty of damn things to clean up, uh, especially going into uh, playing Dallas. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and get into that game because Zeke goes back home, right? Literally, as a home in Dallas, yeah. Uh, We'll get to the Cowboys game in a second, but in terms of like around the no, no, actually no, we'll have done that. We'll get to it now because we'll skip it on the league. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, and they should never have lost to the Arizona Cardinals. So Literally you, everything went wrong. So you've got a team that's now pissed off coming back home, and the last time you played a really good team, you lost to Miami in a game that, well. It kind of felt like you were always going to lose to Miami. Yeah. But the the point I'm getting at is you've played good teams tough, but you haven't been able to beat a good team. And now you're going to play what we think is a good team on the road, and they're mad. I don't know about you, but I don't have a whole lot of great feelings going into this one. The Here's, here's what helps New England's case for me. Um. Dallas's run defense isn't that amazing. Um, I, I think they gave up. I think overall they're giving up like six yards of rush 
I, I think. And they gave up seven to James, uh, seven yards of rush to James Conner alone. Um, and or so, so that's that gives some chance for so for Zeke to exact a little bit of revenge. Um, Dak wasn't pressured a lot, but he made a lot of damn dumbass mistakes in his passing game against the Cardinals, uh, including the the pick uh, in the end zone to Kazir White. Uh, he wasn't pressured very much at all, so put a little bit of extra pressure on him. And I do believe they have, they'll have a, the Patriots will have a greater chance to put pressure on, on Dak than the Cardinals had because they'll, they'll pass rushes to him. It's much better. Uh, Judon alone jumps that, uh, uh, jumps that uh, metric up. So if Dak already is having problems making good decisions when he's not under pressure, Get Judon in his face a few times and let's see what happens. Uh, I, I'm, I'm also, I'm, a, I'm also agreeing with you in the sense that I, it's an uphill battle, but I think that there are pieces in place, especially on the defensive side, that can put, that can cause more problems for the offense than, uh, than the Cardinals managed. Um, the the other thing about that the uh, the other big thing is <clears throat> the Patriots have been pretty good at locking down your number one receiver. Uh, they did to tie, they 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 managed to uh, to Tyree Kill. I think he only had forty yards against them. Um, the the one thing they've got obviously a problem with is a bit of the run game, but it's not a weak rush defense. It's it's. Eh, middle of the road at best at the at this moment but that's that's a good thing because or it, it's not a it's not a horrible thing because of the the fact that the the passing defense has been able to lock down your number one to see what christian gonzalez has been wonderful uh so far uh locking down the uh, his receivers uh he's getting high praise all across the board from what i've seen so uh, there are a lot of pieces in place that can that that look at least defensively that you look at it and go okay they can they can give some trouble and get the running game going again the same the same thing get the running game going against the mediocre rush defense you'll give yourself a chance and finally Put the damn game away if you have the chance. Put it away. Because you've you've done it in God knows how long. Put it away. See, here's the thing with me. Uh, I know Trayvon Diggs went down, but Micah Parsons is a game wrecker. Absolutely. He's got four or five sacks in the season already? That sounds about right. Same as Judon. I think they both are about four. You can't, you cannot let him beat you, and that's really hard. But here's the thing: yes, the Dallas secondary losing Trayvon Diggs is a big deal. The Patriots' offense has has not truly played a bad game. Right? They went toe to toe with the Eagles, came back, should have won that game. But toe to toe with the Dolphins, should have won that game probably. But 
Oh, well. <clears throat> but what's been the common theme late in these games? And this goes back to the theme of not closing. Mm-hmm. Turnovers, namely from Mac Jones, late in the game. And I feel like, and I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like this, this, it's a better than not chance of happening. <clears throat> and I'm not saying like, oh, it will happen. I'm saying I won't be surprised if it does. Yeah. It's a better chance than not, but it's chances like 10%. And so it's like, I'm not saying it will. That you're going to get in a situation where late in the game, like it was in my, with the Miami and the Eagles games, and Mac throws uh, either a pick that just makes a bad decision or he gets a bad tip because Micah Parsons was in his face. Or it goes right to him. And he's trying to, we, we got a guy in the middle, probably going to a tight end, and then all of a sudden he's there. I really think that this Dallas, the the, deep, the Patriots defense against the Cowboys offense, I think can win the matchup. I don't know about the Patriots offense against the Cowboys defense winning their matchup. And that's what concerns me. Mm-hmm. Even though the Cowboys offense has taken a hit, they've now had a week to go, okay, this didn't work against the Cardinals, but we mm-hmm. know who's going to slide in, these, in that spot left by Trayvon yeah. Diggs, and we can figure this stuff out. <clears throat> that's what concerns me. That's yeah. what concerns me the most. Plus, they don't have a quarterback that can really – Mac will run it if necessary, but he's not that agile quarterback that will go out there and, and do it every single chance he sees. Um, and Dobbs lit him up a couple times. I think he he had a 35-yard rush pretty much to start the game. Uh, so that that definitely – that adds to that, Dale. Um one of the other key factors that I think is will make a, one of the biggest differences is Dallas. <laughs> Dallas has not been very good with penalties, um, especially not against Arizona. Thirteen penalties. I mean, Arizona had eight, but thirteen penalties. Can't do it. You can't do that. Um, they keep doing that, and that that increases the Patriots' chances ever so slightly. Um, it, it's just, a, again, a matter of Dallas, for some reason, absolutely blowing it against teams that, in general, they have no business blowing it against. Uh, except the Giants. Except the Giants. <laughs> so, plenty of things to take advantage of. It's just, it, it's, it's the same question can they and will they do it? And time and time again, they, they show me that they can't. And I would love for that to change. Because even last week, I don't consider that a showing me you can do it. Because you didn't really close that. It was a receiver was a half inch away or further back than he needed to be uh, in that moment. And you would have probably lost that game. So, eh. <clears throat> but also, I'd like, I'd like to just throw the slap of the face of the Jets for a minute. Uh, it's 15 times. That's one of the things we forgot to just mention that 15 times in a row. So, 15, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll say, I'll say what I, what I told myself earlier is. I don't care if the Patriots have two damn wins all season, as long as both of them are against the New York Jets. I'll yeah. be fine. I'll yeah. be I'll be fine. 
I'll live another year. <laughs> now, I had on this topic, I had uh, <clears throat> a, a one topic on our rundown. I'm going to call an audible here real quick, mentioning the New York Jets. Did you see this week where the Jets defense is tired of Robert Sala defending Zach Wilson? Oh, I would be too. Basically, their argument is any other quarterback would have been benched for these performances, yet you continually back him and we're fed up, and apparently the Jets are about ready to implode. It is that bad. And they should. In no situation through Zach Wilson's tenure, it doesn't even go further back into Sam Donald's tenure. In no point in these quarterbacks' tenures in the in these in this league or in in this team, a very brief stint for Sam Donald in Carolina where he had a, a shining, have those those two quarterbacks and has Zach Wilson continued to show any potential whatsoever, at all. they Zach Wilson especially is about as dumb as they come football in- intelligence wise. I have not seen a dumber quarterback play in very in quite a damn while. Uh, he makes I know Skylar Howard's not in the NFL, but he makes Skylar Howard look like a genius. And I'd like to shit on him constantly. And he was about Neil. And at least they won games with his dumbass decision making. Uh, it's he, he inspires no confidence. The he accepts no responsibility. Um, he blames he literally blames everybody else but himself. He, he, he many times over this last se- uh the last time oh yeah it was last season he blames the defense he blamed the defense for them not winning when I think he threw two or three interceptions or something like that. It's an entire lack of of respect for anyone else around him. He's basically Owen Rogers Jr., except he has no skill. It, 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 so to sit there and have your coach consistently defend a, a player that consistently throws an entire group of players under the bus for the team's uh, failures, I, I don't understand how anybody uh, above that looks and goes... One, this coach maybe doesn't know what he's doing, and two, uh, maybe this maybe we should override here and throw this quarterback out the door, uh, because quite literally a rock would be a better, a better <laughs> choice than Zach Wilson out there at quarterback. And that's not just because he's a jet; that's because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the answer. You won't like the answer, but I'll give it to you. I won't, but you'll be right. Because he was a high draft pick. Yep, you pick him that high. You can't give up on it. <laughs> you always have to continue until that rookie contract ends and he can even go wherever. Until his contract is no longer registered to your team, you are required to believe in him. Even if it's blind faith with literally <laughs> zero evidence, you're required to believe uh, in him. I mean, not point at me a single team in this league that you believe would even pick him up. I can't because the uh, team on is the team that would pick someone like that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. It, they, I said this last season, and I believed so, uh, it. The, 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 I, I I thought of the answer. I thought yeah. of the answer. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Bears. Yeah, they they're, they're an organization that's the strong enough at this point. Well, 
even though I think Justin Fields is doing fine, they probably they think otherwise. Apparently, uh, the so I'll reiterate what I said last season about the Jets. Their draft class last se- coming into the last season, they had a lot of good good pickups. Sauce Gardner was great. Brees Hall had been great. I can't remember who else that was, but dang it, they got uh, a good lineman. They they had. Great, they had great pickups. I was uh, applauding them for some pretty good picks, and they've been some of the highlights of this team since then. So, to just look at that and go, look at all these stars in the making or s- already stars affected me. Sauce Gardner made a stint immediately, and just look at all of them. And I'm going to absolutely shit on their existence by keeping a, a person such as Zach Wilson as their team captain and leader. Because I think he's a, I think he's got the little captain star on his thing there, if I recall. How? Um, unless what, my eyes he's deceive the quarterback? me. I, isn't that always the case? Uh, yeah, but... Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure when I was re-watching all the, when I was watching the highlights, since we didn't get to watch the, actual, the game live, I'm pretty sure I, I saw that on there, but... Either way. That's like calling the. That's like a hockey team calling a guy up from the minor leagues and handing him the captain's C on his jersey. Yeah. No. Like players like Sidney Crosby earned the captaincy. Mm-hmm. The captaincy, not some Joe from Norway who came up from his uh, from the minor league. No disrespect to people from Norway, they're fine hockey players and fine human beings, but they don't just get called up from the minors and handed the captaincy of an NHL team. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's fun to shit on the Jets because it's fun to shit on the Jets, but it's even more fun to shit on the Jets when they have actually of it, like more so than me just hating the Jets. Like in every way, shape, and form, this situation is ridiculous, and they should be they should be smart enough, but they're not to make a make a better damn decision. Repeat after me: J E T S suck 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 suck. 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 I'm I'm just gonna I I just have to have to further laugh at this. It's been the last time the Jets beat the Patriots, December twenty seventh of twenty fifteen. Since then, I have owned two degrees, been through four jobs, and I've gotten married. Since the last time the Jets beat the Patriots, been a while, and yeah, been a damn while. Yeah. <laughs> now, mm. let's move this along to the Jets still. <clears throat> they have pretty much no other options at quarterback, although they did sign Trevor Simeon to the practice squad today. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the earth-shattering move every Jets fan wanted to see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did make a move, so they have technically have options now at quarterback. However... Awful those options can be. Although Trevor Simeon is a is a good professional quarterback, he's not great, but he's a serviceable professional quarterback. They have a mm-hmm. running game that they have a running game that can sustain average quarterback play. Yeah, but it can it can sustain average quarterback play. It cannot sustain bad quarterback play. Exactly. Uh, so Trevor Simeon upgrade from Zach Wilson because again, even a rock is an upgrade from Zach mm-hmm. Wilson. But there was another quarterback that wanted to join the practice squad before the Jets made this move. Colin Kaepernick, yes, remember him? Colin Kaepernick 
wrote a, uh, wrote a letter to the Jets GM basically asking you on the practice run. I don't want to get really deep into this because I don't think it, it warrants a deep discussion, but I do want to at least mention it. Should the Jets have looked very seriously at Colin Kaepernick as a practice squad quarterback and half in there able to call up if they wanted slash needed to? I, I frankly, I'm not against the idea. And, and I say this because regardless of any of the other stuff, whether I think he's, he, he's would be able to be or play at an elite level again, or even a upper mid level, it's simply the matter of what you just said, an average quarterback and this team's in a better position than it is already. Um, and to, to, from what he pointed out, he hasn't stopped training. He hasn't stopped putting in the work. He hasn't stopped making the effort. And he's he's done multiple things where he's tried to get back in the NFL. Even the workout with the Raiders, what, two years ago? Even last year. I don't remember how long ago it was, but recent times. Yeah. Um, where he has continued to keep connections or attempt to keep connections with some type of something in the NFL to make them all known. He's still available. And I would argue that there's at least, you know, three or four quarterbacks there, whether they're you know, starting or not, that he, he could take a slot from. Um, doesn't mean that, that it'd be an extremely successful endeavor, but it might still be slightly beneficial for the group that he'd be picked up by. Um, and again, as we stated just now with the jets, yeah, it'd be an immediate upgrade. Uh, so maybe it should be entertained. Um, that, that That's basically my thoughts is that it's not just, oh, I've been sitting on my couch, call me, you know, put me in coach. It's I have actually for the last six, seven years that I've not been in the league, I haven't retired. I haven't said I'm done. I've been putting in the work. I've been sticking to the regimen such that should someone give me another chance, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to have wobbly legs. I, I'm with you. I agree with pretty much everything you said. And I would also add to the, to, to the, this, at least looking at it, bringing them in for a workout and going, oh, well, okay. At the very least, it might could stop the locker room from yelling at the head coach and GM yeah. for now, right? It would be, if nothing else. Now, you could also argue that if they brought him in and they go, well, why didn't you sign him? Oh, I didn't like him. Then why the hell did you bring him in to begin with? You could start that whole conversation up mm-hmm. again. But at least you would be making some kind of an effort to go, okay, yeah, we're trying to improve where this team is. We know we, we, we tried to do this. He got injured. Now we're stuck where we're at. We tried it. It just didn't work. Now we're trying something else. Mm-hmm. But th- there's a lot of different ways it can go, but at least you would show some kind of effort, which is more than we can say for the Jets at present. Yeah, and and I'll point. I'll even say this: that and it, even a broken clock is right twice a day. But Rogers outright came out and said that the Jets need to grow up, and I don't disagree. <laughs> they absolutely no. need to grow up. It's ironic coming from Aaron Rodgers, who seems like. He needs to do. He's needed to do some growing up for the last couple of years, but he's not wrong. They need to grow up. 
Maybe Roger needs to go down calling everyone in his locker room son. Maybe that'll help him grow up. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see his age. Uh, no. Uh, Salah's forty-four. Uh, so close. He does look a little bit younger, though. I mean, he definitely looks upper thirties at the very. Yeah. Long, but uh, if nothing else, maybe the seating, as we yeah. all know, the, the ball, the fact that he's bald always adds a few years. <laughs> um, but it's not. Not that I'm saying he looks uh, geriatric, of course. No, um, but Rogers does look older than <laughs> older than him. For the well, you know, you, you know, older though. Speaking hmm. of this athletes, the paint. Cindy Crosby looks. Cindy Crosby <laughs> has gray hair. Yeah, he's 36. Wow. Cindy Crosby showed up for the Penguins training camp and took its headshot, and I saw it, and I'm like, "Is that? <laughs> gray? Oh my god, that's gray hair." Uh. And I damn near fainted at the sight of that. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Um, yeah, I'm now sad. Anyway, let's move on around the league. Let's start in San Francisco. The 49ers beat the Giants. They obliterated them in every def- in every possible category, including mm-hmm. the scoreline. This was always happening, right? Like the Giants down four offensive starters, including Saquon Barkley, were never at winning this game, were they? Not at all. Not a, not a single chance. N- nothing... Nope. I mean, they were dominated almost three to one in yards, and they had a turnover and two, almost three to one in first down. There was domination in every way, shape, and form, and I didn't expect anything less. I didn't either. Uh, Browns beat the Titans twenty seventh through. I thought this game would be a little bit closer, but the question I'm looking at in this one is: this is the first game for the Browns without Nick Chubb on a short week? It's a good win for them, but. Is this win more about how the Browns have bounced back after losing Chubb and the game to the Steelers? Or the Titans just bad? Uh, Man, the Titans are just bad. Uh, I mean, Cleveland definitely had to do a little bit of bouncing back. Um, I mean, one game, though, I mean, not much much in that game. But when Tennessee... A professional football team generated 94 yards of offense. 94 yards. That's it. Atrocious. You have Derrick Henry, and all you could put was 94 yards up. I mean, they they stymied them in every way, shape, and form. Uh, Tannehill couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. Henry is for as much as work as he tried to put in, they couldn't break break free. Just smothered, just absolute smothering is what it was. Uh, that's it. Uh, it's just really showing that whatever's hap- whatever's going on, whatever the game plan in Tennessee is lately, it's just that's not it's not working. Something has to change. 
Personnel-wise or or game plan-wise or both, something has to change because this isn't going to get you – this isn't going to touch you – touch you the playoffs, let alone a, a competing for a, a, the division, because it's the division's already, it's starting to, we're starting to see the hierarchy split up a little bit in how this division might end up. And it ain't with the Tennessee Titans on top. I tell you that. No, you're absolutely right there. Lions beat the Falcons 20 to six to get to two and one for both teams. Lions bounced back after after losing to the Seahawks last week in a close one. So the Falcons are now two and one. I kind of thought they would lose to the Lions. I mm-hmm. don't think I actually filed a pick, but if I would have, I would have picked the Lions in this game. So what what what's like is the biggest what the Lions are two and one following a win, or the Falcons are sitting here two and one? Hey, we're two and one. This is very damn good. Mm-hmm. What's what's the biggest story? Uh, I mean, I, I can't tell you. I expected the line, uh, the the Falcons to be two and one at, at this point. So, if I'm them, I'm I'm rolling with that. I mean, De- Detroit. I expected them to be coming in with some kind of file, and so far they have, and they're effectively one or two plays away from being three and zero. Oh. Because uh, wait, they went to overtime right with Seattle. I do believe they did. Yes. So. And that was with Seattle fighting back, I think. I think Seattle had to come back from that I think they to, did, to, yeah. to force to overtime. So this, this is I, – I, I think I did just straight up pick Detroit. Um, but it, it's for, – for Falcons, the fact that you're 2-1 here when I can't imagine very many people would have expected them to be 2-1 at this point, I see that's something to take from it. I agree. That's been. I, I. I really think the Falcons can can and, and probably will be a playoff team. They'll be at the very least be there at the very end. Like they'll be playing playing meaningful football mm-hmm. games in December and January, and that's all you can ask right yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole the NFC South is two and one, two and one, two and one, and then you got Carolina throwing up the goose egg. Yeah. So th- this, at, at, for all intents and purposes, they're in the mix. Yeah. I mean, as it stands, they're at the top of the at the top. Now, you speaking of the AFC NFC North versus NFC South game, the Packers beat the Saints eighteen seventeen. So, mm-hmm. what's the bigger deal here? That the Saints, the the Packers. I'm not going to frame this as the Saints blowing the lead. I'm going to frame this as the Packers coming back mm-hmm. because it was their home mm-hmm. opener. That's a big deal in Green Bay. It's Jordan Love's first start at home. And they came back. They were down seventeen nothing entering the fourth quarter. They came back and won at eighteen seventeen. Mm-hmm. So what's the bigger deal? That comeback or Derek Carr going down for the Saints? Uh, I, Derek Carr went down, and after that, it was it, it, that. That's basically what sealed it. I mean, the Packers started the comeback pretty much after that. Uh. It, because up until literally that, uh, up until that point, the Saints were absolutely in control. I watched all of that game, and the only point I stepped away was for about fifteen minutes to to start prepping dinner. I come back, and the Packers have just <laughs> just put up the touchdown to take the lead. And I'm sitting there like, "Huh? What? What did I miss? Um, just what in the hell?" Uh, 
I, and I and I I don't know. Jordan, Jordan Love was what twenty two of forty four. Uh, they couldn't establish a rushing game. I mean, the, again, he was doing fine passing wise in terms of the yardage, and he only turned it over once. I mean, that was the only turnover in the game was the interception he threw, and. Uh, Rashid Shahid had a 76-yard punt return, which, if I recall properly, was the first punt return uh, touchdown for the Saints in like four years. Uh, so they, they they had absolute control of the game, and then it, it, it was mainly from defensive play. I mean, really, it was defense and special teams just absolutely controlling it because yardage-wise, New Orleans only had 250 yards and a hundred of those were, were Derek Carr's. So it wasn't even that they, they didn't really need to move the ball much because they tend to get, they tended to get pretty good field position. Uh, or and Saints defense is legit. Yeah. And then of course the, the punt went on uh, touchdown absolutely helped. Uh, Jimmy Graham scores a touchdown, scored the, scored the first touchdown of the game. That was fun. Um, so um, it was just, it was, it was, they, I mean, they were literally in control the whole time and they blew it. I give credence, obviously, to the fact that the home opener is obviously big in, in Green Bay, but I don't think, I don't think they they would have won otherwise. I really don't think so. I think yeah. even though Carl wasn't lighting up the stat sheet, I, I feel like the the offense immediately became less productive than it already was when James Winston got out there. And then it wasn't that he was even playing poorly. It was just it immediately didn't feel right. That, that's a that's a fair take. I, I, although I, I and you said it, but I'll, I'll add it again. Jordan Love didn't play all that badly. He really didn't. Like no. it was not a bad performance. It just wasn't enough, and yeah. that should that should not be held against him. Because, like I said, that Saints defense is legit. That's now like twenty-one straight games, uh, I think, for the Saints, or maybe eleven or some of that. Anyway, yeah, it's eleven straight games the Saints have held an opponent under twenty points. Mm-hmm. That's that's impressive to me. I felt absolutely. Uh, I, I don't. I want to know how many. I can't. Uh, I don't know if I can see the thing right off, but I just right off the bat, I, I don't know how many of those incompletions were just straight up drops. Uh, of course, that was an interception, but again, yeah, it, it wasn't bad quarterback play from what I was watching, from what I paid attention because I was watching majority of that game uh, from Love. Like, no, no part of that that I look at and go, "Oh yeah, Jordan loves the reason why this team is is doing poorly." No, because uh, he was making making plays where he could. Uh, it was just at the time it wasn't enough until it was. Now let's get to a game that I don't think either of you, either of us really are thrilled to talk about, but we will. The South Beach SmackDown Pro version. The South Beach SmackDown College version, the OG, is West Virginia over Clemson, in case you weren't aware. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, another 70 put up by a team in Miami. 70-20, Dolphins beat the Broncos. I only have one question about this game. Are the Dolphins that good, or are the Broncos just that bad? The Broncos are just bad, man. Uh, just, and, and it's not even that they were playing poorly. Like, 
they still they put up 360 yards. I mean, Wilson got a 300 yard game and all of that, but it, it, it just they're just bad. They're a bad team. And that's not to take away from Miami. I, Miami has been firing on literally all cylinders plus three the entire time. So it, it's just, it's wild. Uh, absolutely wild. I mean, it was, what was it? Uh, 35-13, I think it was. Yeah, 35-13 at half. Uh, 49-13 by the end of the third quarter. Just absolute obliteration. Um, but the, at some point, like I, I got to think, wonder to myself, is the point or the yards that Wilson and co happened to generate just simply because Miami defense was like, eh, if they get a few yards, it doesn't really matter. We'll get you, we'll stop them next play anyway. And the, the offense will, will put them, see, um, yeah, they took it away three times. So it didn't really matter how many yards they got when you take it away three times and hold them to 16 first downs. And they only got the ball. Well, they only had the ball 26 minutes. So that's not a horrible domination in terms of time. Um, but my goodness, that, that's over two points a minute. They were averaging just holding the ball. Dolphins. Like what? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> like Every minute you might've, you literally could have just been racking up two points on the board and it wouldn't have changed the score. Yeah. <laughs> so just here's, here's why here's one of the big reasons why, regardless of even the play, why I, why I say the Broncos are just that bad. When if you're Sean Payton, who has openly called out the previous coaching staff for just being bad, not good, dog shit. Words he chose that made it very apparent that he didn't think very highly of the of the team that he's replacing. And for you to come out and start the season 0-3, giving up 122 points, and 70 of them in one game, and if it weren't for the mercy of, my, of, of McDaniel, you'd been on the receiving end of, the, of literally the worst defensive performance of all time. Because uh, I'm pretty sure he had a shot to, put that, to break that record. Yeah, the 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 num uh, most points scored in the NFL game was 72. They could keep the field goal and make it 73. They didn't. And here's the thing, McDaniel could have because he was a ball boy for the Broncos. And when they hired, uh, when they hired uh, Nathaniel Hackett, he didn't even get a chance to interview for that job. Mm-hmm. They looked right, they looked him right over. He could have mm-hmm. gone back home, and they didn't even give him a chance. I mean, obviously, he had a chance to really drive the the stake in, but. Yeah. yeah. Mike so, McDaniel is both fun and merciful, apparently. Yeah. So I, I, I want yeah, absolutely. I, I would not have blamed him for, for going for, for, for putting up those points. No. But at the same time, I have a hell of a lot. Res- I never had a lack of respect for him. Let, let's be real here. I've never once said I don't respect McDaniel, but I have a hell of a lot more respect for him for just saying we don't need it. I don't. That's not a part of history that it matters to me. What matters to me is we got that W in the column, and my team's fired up. That, and I, that you can't, 
you can't knock the guy for that. Uh, and I'm not even going to knock the guy for putting up 70 points on a team when he ha- didn't need to. Uh, you, you just keep rolling. <laughs> and it, I mean, it goes back to what, what, what always gets said. If you got a problem with it, stop it. Yeah, exactly. And damn it, I respect Sean Payton and everything he's done as a coach, but it goes, it goes back to the, it was the, the, the little clip I shared with you, I think yesterday or the day before of Terry Bradshaw walking out and he was like, I, I told, I told him not to tag that. I told him not to, I told him not to, I, I warned him. I warned Sean not to bother with it. Warned him to take one more year off, find a, find a better play. He didn't listen. We, I gotta say, if you got Terry Bradshaw giving you some advice on who not to go to, maybe you should have listened to him. Yeah, maybe he's been in this league long enough. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, to further my point with with him talking trash about the previous, uh, rightfully so, and I've and I've stayed by that. Uh, maybe back it up. Not only uh, maybe back it up. Not only that, but Nathaniel Hackett didn't start 0 3 last year. Sean Payton did. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you, if you haven't seen the Bleacher Report episode this week, the 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 Gridiron Grid Heights. Heights, if you haven't seen that, this I have week, not, and I'm going to watch. It's it hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, they're all hilarious, but this one just this one's it, just it, extra bit. It, it, yeah, it, it, mm. it's wonderful. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> Let's move on. Chargers beat the Vikings 28-24 in the someone needs this win game. The Chargers uh-huh. got it. Yeah. Are the Vikings done? Are the Chargers now almost like okay? Have the Chargers righted the ship? Or are the Vikings done? This this game this whole game is was the, the uh, who can shoot themselves in the foot more. Uh I mean, coming into the game, of course, uh, it really wasn't mad much. It was still a little bit of shooting themselves in the foot. They each turned it over a few times. Hell, they both had 475 yards. So defensively, they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Uh, neither of them did. Uh, but no, I th- I think it was really just a who's gonna shit on, who's gonna shit the bed more this week. And the Vikings decided, hey, I'm gonna do it th- three times in a row. Um, because I think they had a shot right at the end, if I remember. I think yeah, I, the game was sealed on a pick in the end zone. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they they had a shot to win it, and classic them tons it over, and that was his. That, he was Kirk Cousins was thirty two of fifty for three hundred sixty seven yards, and until that point, he was clean. He had no no turnovers. I don't think he even fumbled it. I, I, someone else, I think, fumbled it. Um, and there he goes. Interception. That's 0-3 in one-score games, coming off of an 11-0 in one-score game season. And again, this is the moment of they're all hyping up. Is this when cousin gets paid more at the end of the season, blah, 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 blah. Well, and again, he's not performing poorly. He's not performing particularly poorly, but it's in the key moments when he doesn't need to be performing poorly that he does. You know what I think is the Vikings problem? Hmm. I think the Vikings problem is that they got rid of Dalvin Cook. And I say that because the, the Viking, I, I think Alexander Madison is a good running back. Mm-hmm. I really do. 
but what's been the Vikings' problem? They can't close, right? Yeah. They can't close and they can't run. I can't help but think if you had Dalvin Cook back there, at the very least, if you want to get Madison more carries, you still have the – there's Dalvin Cook standing back there in the backfield factor, and we change our game plan because of it. Yeah. I really – I didn't <clears throat> get it in the, in the summer when it happened. And looking at it now in the season, I'm like, I really don't get it. Why'd you let him go? Yeah. Yeah, it it, it just rushing. Uh only but still it it was proving the point that the running game wasn't anything. And I think they had how many rushing yards did they have this week? They had hundred and thirty. Now, the Trojans, they st- they didn't have a ball. Not a damn thing. Because Eckler got hurt, right, the week prior? I believe um, so, yes. So they didn't have a damn one game at all. 11 carries, 12 yards for, for Mr. Kelly. I don't even name him for the sake of not disrespecting him. Joshua Kelly, 12 yards on 11 carries. They had 30 yards all day. Um, again, penalty-wise, Chargers had 12 penalties and 94 yards. That's 12 penalties, ridiculous. Regardless of the yards, 12 penalties, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, six for 45 for the Vikings. It really, even with all the, the yards up there, Hobart's got 405 passing yards. Damn near efficient, 40 or 47. Like, again, not on him, just in general, in every other regard. It was just, who, where can we, where can we shoot ourselves? What little toe can we shoot off? And still, you know, hobble across the finish line. And the Vikings just chose the right one to 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 fall flat. It was it was back and forth all game. But you know, big mistakes across the board that any one of them, and the game goes the other way for for the Vikings or whatever. It just. It, as 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 close of a game as it is, and it was, and it has how many stats are lit up on the sheet? It's just you you look at it, and you look at the highlights, and you look at everything else you you watched of it, and you're just like, this really was. They were still trying to to shoot themselves, and I, it, it's just wild. It's wild to me. Um, just absolutely dumbfounded. Yeah. The Bills beat the Commanders 37-3. I don't think either of us is truly shocked by that. Nope. Uh, not at all. Uh, four interceptions for Sam Howell. Just not uh, not good. Uh, Josh Allen threw a pretty dumb interception for no reason. He just chucked it and, and, and quite literally just prayed through it. Uh, and it was picked off. So I can quite see Josh Allen's not... If, not making, uh, not taking the make smarter decisions to halt, even if they obliterated their opponent. Um, yeah, poor, poor Sam, just absolute domination on that regard. And I didn't really expect much else. I, I, I don't want to say I expect those games, I didn't. No, because I'm just I mean, 2 0 stuff. The commander is great. This was this was absolutely not anything I expected any different. To be fair, not at all. That's just how it is. It just Buffalo is hands down a the better team in that, and they proved it. Yeah, 
the Jaguar team. Um, I mean, I didn't expect, I didn't expect it. I did not expect the Texans to come out and win by 20 points. Um, whatsoever. Uh, just, so, I'll say just props to the Texans. Um, I expected a much closer game. I don't, I don't, I think I picked Jacksonville to win it, but I definitely expected a closer game. I did not expect a 20 point swing on Houston's regard uh, whatsoever. Colts beat the Ravens 22 19 in overtime. So, um, are the Colts, should I back some of that Colts stock I sold? Or should I be worried about the Ravens? Uh, well, I think I, I think this still. I think that is, for the Ravens, it's hammering home the they don't have a run game unless it's Lamar Jackson, because I'm pretty sure this is the second week out of three that Lamar Jackson's led the team in rushing. Now again, J.K. Dobbins hurt. I'm fully aware of that, <laughs> but yeah, again. Where's your running backs? Why is Lamar Jackson carrying it 14 times for 100 yards? I, I don't care that he's capable of running. Your offense shouldn't be built around the one guy making the plays. Like, look at the Ravens running backs. Gus Edwards, Melvin Gordon, Zay Flowers, and Kenyon Drake. Mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake is a receiver, and so is uh, Zay Flowers. But even then, you've got talent. You yeah. shouldn't have to be having Lamar Jackson leading the team in rushing. Exactly. He should be passing touchdowns, not rushing touchdowns. A rushing touchdown every now and then is fine. I, I, not, I never knocked him for making a rushing touchdown, but he had no passing touchdowns. His top receiver had 48 yards. You, you lost to, and, and this is not a Gordon Minshew, you lost to a guy who Orlovskied. That's never done, that's never happened before. It's only happened three times with someone's Olavsky, <laughs> but prior to that, no one who'd done it had won. Um, and it, I, I can't. I, I have to wonder how it would have been if Anthony Richardson was out there, because clearly he he was the starter and he'd been doing pretty well. So you got to wonder if it even would have went to overtime if Richardson was out there. Basically, how that everything went, you have to say yeah. no. Because it wasn't the running game didn't suffer. Minshew did just fine out there. He didn't. He didn't. The Colts didn't turn the ball over at all. Baltimore did so twice. Uh, so I just say big props to the Colts for for one having the Olafsky. <laughs> Yeah, and two taking it to overtime, and and winning it. Um, the 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 biggest thing for Baltimore for me is is a, get a running game that isn't Lamar Jackson because we've seen it before, and it damn well will happen again. And I'm not wishing it, wishing this, but we know it will. And when it does, it's not going to be good. When Lamar Jackson goes down again with an ankle injury of some sort or a torn ACL, 
the Ravens are going to suffer for it because where's their running? Uh, they don't have their passing production, and now they don't have their rushing production. Not only that, but the, 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 this is the Baltimore Ravens. You play defense, and you run the ball. If nothing else, that's what you do. And anytime you can't do it, I am concerned. Yeah. Lamar Jackson is the team's top rusher. Not just the game, the whole season so far. Bad. 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 And that's not just to to shit on Lamar Jackson for being able to do it, but he shouldn't have to. Exactly. Because if you cannot, and I've said uh, I was sticked on this train, if you cannot train the people, uh, the backups that are supposed to fill in the slot, you're. And if your quarterback has to do all the rushing because you don't either trust your running backs or have not trained them properly to be able to take over, that's your fault. Mm hmm. Seahawks beat the Panthers 37-27. Andy Dalton played, and this game was closer than I really expected. So, mm-hmm. I, the Panthers, okay. The 0-3. This game might be the one that doesn't really have that much. Like, there's no true headline here. Like, the Seahawks won. Great. They're 2-1. That's that's all fine and well, but the Panthers, like, I, Okay. The only thing you can say to this is, well, do you sit the kid now and let Andy Dalton take it from here? Because they're they're better on offense. They actually scored this time. That's something, right? Mm-hmm. More than this, a field goal. Dalton so, put I mean, up they, three hundred. Yeah. He threw it fifty-eight times. Fifty-eight times Dalton threw it, and he put up three hundred sixty-one yards. Again, the Russian game is. Okay, uh, sorry, my Amazon product decided to respond to the let number 61. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a weird number to respond to. Right. Uh, the Russian game still absolutely uh, absent, uh, but Dalton came out in there and as if he hadn't, uh, as if he'd been there the whole time. So, again, we've said it multiple times. He's not a bad, he's never been a bad quarterback. As I was about to say, Andy Dalton is a professional quarterback. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, he got cut in the pick. Actually, you know what? Will Greer's here. I don't know. No, we're not. I'm not fantasizing about Andy Dalton playing for the Patriots. No, Will Greer is a backup until he <laughs> retires. No. <laughs> but probably until next week when the bill cuts him. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much. Uh, but this game in general, uh, it. The Panthers had the lead going into halftime, and uh, the third quarter was basically when it, it started getting slightly out of hand. But the Panthers kept fighting the whole pretty much up until the last minute. Um, so, props to them. Yeah, that's all I gotta say there. Props, props to them. Yep. Chiefs beat the Bears forty-one to ten in the game, which no one gave a damn what happened on the field. <laughs> we we all know no one gave a shit about what happened. In Not that a game. single play. I don't even think the players. I don't. I, I don't, don't even. I don't think the Chiefs even cared. Like, hey, Trav got his touchdown. Sweet. Okay, we're good. <laughs> they, yeah. Like, we, the Bears are bad. The Bears, the Bears are bad. Are, the Bears are literally the bad news Bears. Mm-hmm. They are. Awful in every respect. Yeah. 
the Chiefs, even though they will never actually say it, the Chiefs looked at that film and went, yeah, we're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And they were right. Yeah. I'd half believe Travis Kelsey would sit there and say that. Uh, <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably what he told her in the car when they were spotted in that convertible. Like, <laughs> look, they were bad. I know they were, we knew they were bad. We killed them. Yeah. Okay. Like, but hey, mm-hmm. if there's ever a game where you're going to bring your uh, uh, prospective love interest, uh, it's going to be one where you're going to, you're guaranteed to kick their asses. I mean, right? Yeah. You got to yeah, look good bring- for them. It's like you don't schedule homecoming against the toughest schedule. You <laughs> schedule it against the easiest one on the schedule. You bring your prospective girlfriend to the team where you're going to beat their ass. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh. uh, we, and we, knew, we knew they weren't gonna they weren't gonna have a chance, and damn it, they didn't. How about Andy Reid though saying he's the one that set him up? <laughs> uh, Andy Reid someone, with the jokes. Someone asked him whether or not he met her. And he's like, no, I set him up. I've met her before. <laughs> Big Red got jokes. I mean, he, I, I, Andy Weed's just fun, man. I mean, yeah, have just, you, I'm sure you've seen the, the State Farm commercial with uh-huh. him and Mahomes. Just, and, he just and, eats the marker. The, and the, uh, the, the fast food one. He's like, oh, right, yeah. I, let me explain, oh, yeah. a, let me explain a, uh, a bundle to you. You've got these fries. He goes, mm-hmm. He just takes it. Goes, keep going. And he's like, and you've got this bogle. Yes, yes. Well, you know, think of home and auto bundling as getting a combo meal. And then he's like, mm, yeah. Now explain to me with them nuggies. And then that's the finger walks with the nuggies. <laughs> and like, I, man, you know, commercials get over the top, and and but and that's over the top. But man, that's just a fun one. That's just that's that's it one is. of those commercials to me that will stick to mm-hmm. me, with me as much as the uh, free credit report uh, oh, whack no. with the with the use oh, subcompact no. and the and the JG Wentworths. Uh, now explain that to me with the nuggies. Mm-hmm. That's that's, that's what I will never be explained with. Right? Exactly. That like, is, I will no longer be. I will no longer accept expressions that not involve food. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want to say something to me, you better explain it with food. Exactly. Just, like, mm-hmm. the, the phrase "explain it to me with those nuggies" will now be uh, uh, engulfed into my vernacular. From yes. Now, from now on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I. I also. You're right. Andy Reid's hilarious. He's great. He's a national treasure. But to me, again, it's the one where he first started doing it, where he was drawing the mustaches on players. <laughs> Ages again. Like, I'll send you again. He eats the marker. <laughs> you, like it wasn't me. I didn't. I don't know who did that? Yeah, we gotta Let find. Let me the know. I used the word "yeet" in this podcast twice. <laughs> <laughs> I have grown to love that word, yeah. and I'm not proud of that. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's one of those words that you start off using ironically. We're like, I'm saying this because I, it's appropriate for the manner, but I don't like saying it. And then you just grow to like using it in yeah. every respect. Yeah, it's. It, it, because that's exactly what it is. I was like, just this like, is stupid. Like why, the... are we, why are we saying this? And now it's like, yeet or be yeeted. Yote or be yoted. We're wongboing the word yeet now, you know? <laughs> you, know you know what word also falls in that to me? <laughs> like in like, the word said, like in said movie or something like that. Like mm-hmm. you say it because it's, it makes sense. Then you're like, hey, I like using this word. Yeah. <laughs> I like saying this. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a different feeling being yeet because yeet is fun, but said makes you sound smarter. True. So you're like, okay, I I sound like I got a big brain, 
Yeet just is fun. <laughs> it's just fun. Yeah. It's like whatever brain cells you have for the moment, forget them. Just yeet. <laughs> They've been yeeted. That's exactly it. Now, <laughs> let's move on to the Raiders and the Steelers because we have to keep moving on here. <laughs> uh, Steelers are now <clears throat> two and one. Raiders are now one and two. Bigger deal. That the Raiders are one and two of the Steelers seemingly have bounced back from that game in week one. Uh, I mean, we expected the Steelers to bounce back. Uh, but I still say that's bigger because this is Las Vegas. And until proven otherwise, I'm not surprised that they're going to do. Uh, well, Garoppolo is out with a concussion. Uh, he throws three. Games. Somehow they stayed in the game. Uh, just oof across the board, and I, I I don't know how else to say it other than if McDaniel's has a job at the end of this season, I will be surprised the way this is going because I don't know what the I, I don't know what the fact that they don't only know. lost He's got by Tom in his corner maybe <laughs> the only reason the, the fact that they lost by five points after turning it over three times is 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 the surprising part for me. Uh, but you don't win a game when you lose the differential by three. No. We'll move on here. Eagles and the Buccaneers. Scorigami in this game. 25-11. Ah. The Eagles won the game. We said <clears throat> we were going to find out a lot about the Bucks in this game. Uh, I think we found out anything we know of the Bucks so far, and that is that Baker Mayfield is not the answer to beating a good team like Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He's the answer for beating teams like the Vikings who can't figure themselves out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I do not disagree. Uh, Mike Evans made a damn good catch, I'll, I'll say that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that was for his effort, not Baker Mayfield. No. <laughs> Uh, any anybody else, and you, you don't you don't. That's an incomplete pass. It's simply for the sheer will of Mike Evans putting up that poster board catch, was that catch made? That's the only damn reason. Uh, but yeah, there's just, just overall, it's Baker Mayfield. But but what what is confusing to me again, and this. It, continues to prove the point that yards mean nothing if, if there aren't points on the board. But Philadelphia had almost 500 yards of total offense to 174, and they only won by two touchdowns. For the proof that yards don't mean a damn thing. We've been saying that for, I've been saying that yeah. for years, and then yeah. I got you to say it because you yeah. realize I'm right. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's just, it's it's crazy to see such distinction. You see that, and you immediately think, "Oh, well, surely thirty point blowout, right? Like that's the uh, right." They, they were even on turnovers, so that doesn't shake things up too much. Philly had the ball thirty eight minutes. Surely they put up forty, right? Right, but nope, twenty five. That's that's I can do. Yeah, um, but th- this was that. This is that game, though, that I think. It yeah, it proves Baker Mayfield is not a guy to beat good team, but it also starts showing a little bit of you know Jalen Hood fallible. He threw two interceptions only. He had he, he was solid otherwise. I was almost right about a sixty percent completion. So not that's that's respectable, right? Two interceptions, things of that sort. Uh, he was the only two turnovers of the game for for Philly, and. 
they won against a all right Tampa Bay team. So you look at it and go, all right, high powered offense. They score a lot of points, but have they really scored a whole like on average? Score. What's they've got eighty four points on the season, so that's nothing to shake a stick. But it's like okay, all right. I think it's just a matter of the defense is doing a good job. I mean, it, you don't need to put up a whole ton of points if your defense is holding everybody else to fewer points. Uh, 11 points? That You hold a team to 11 points, uh, more often than not, you're winning the game. 84 divided by three is 28 points a game. That's not yep. awful. No. But if you do it again, uh, if you don't like explode, that that's going to come way down as, the, as you pile up the average. <clears throat> so, I mean, you've got to keep up, and that's not – Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and put, putting up the odds, five hundred, almost five hundred yards. That speaks high powered. Just where, where, where are the points? Mm. But again, points don't really matter. The the extra points you would expect don't really matter when eleven's on the board on the other side. Yeah, and and you dominate you almost two to one in times. Yeah, you dominate one in time. But you you gotta wonder when they when they go to play the. Actually, the, the teams that stand to put up a, a bigger fight, the, the teams that aren't going to kick themselves in the ass, the Vikings, the Patriots, what's going to happen? They, they come in playing the Commanders next week. Uh, you probably don't have to worry about too much of that. that well, no, you, the well, you know what? ended their undefeated season last year. True. That is also true. They did do that. Um and at this point, I'm, I, would, I would think the, of the two teams, the Bills are better than the Eagles. Not dramatically, but if you put the Eagles and Bills against you, I would, I would probably pick the, the Bills um, on, on the, by at least a field goal. Uh, I wouldn't it, go higher than a field goal. But the, the, it's, 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 it's a divisional game. The commanders have something going other than getting absolutely obliterated by the Bills. But again, that's the Bills. Uh, I expect this to be, again, maybe one of those closer games than people might expect. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but that, again, that, that leads to my point of you going to play the Rams, who have seemingly started to figure some things out, get a, bit, get a bunch of... Uh, the, the offense is starting to figure itself back out now that Stafford's healthy. And... They they've got their new number one as it stands though, the interim number one, um, and now you got you might have to worry about it worry a little bit. <clears throat> Maybe. Let's go to speaking of those Rams. Let's go to their game against the Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati won nineteen to sixteen. That both teams are now one and two. The Bengals finally get off the snide. So the question here is, is it a bigger win for Cincinnati getting that first win? Like, okay, now we can stop panicking of being 0-2. Mm-hmm. Or is it a bigger loss for the Rams? Like, okay, you, you pummeled the Seahawks. You're like, okay, we're feeling good about that. And then you've lost two in a row. It's, I mean, it's tough to, it's honestly kind of tough. Um, the... I, I want to say it's good for the Bengals because they got that win. It wasn't it wasn't a pretty game by any means. It was across the board. Uh, offensive play was was well ugly, really. 
Uh, Burrow was hovering about 50%. He threw an interception. Stafford was just over 50%. Threw two interceptions. Uh, Russian game was was basically non-existent on, on the Rams' side. Uh, Nakua still doing a dang good job. Again, taking that interim number one position for now. Uh, hell, he might be remain number one. Um, eh, so, not playing a complete game on their end, but then the Bill, uh, the Bengals, despite all that, still have to effectively come back and win it with a field goal, and, and they will, uh, and they almost. See what was it, sixteen nine at some point. So it was tied. So they they kind of it was it was back and forth for the most part, but it was still they come back or they have to come and win it with a field goal in the end. Uh, so it's not a pretty game by any means. Uh, no. <laughs> but a pretty game don't really that matter that much if you've got the W. Exactly, you take but it any way you can get it. But it definitely gives you some things. To, it gives you those things to build on and. And for the Rams, it's like, okay, well, we still could have won that game, but what did we do wrong to to lose that? Well, two interceptions might probably have done that. Uh, so they're both teams in the matter in the realm of getting renewing their identity effectively, uh, because it, it's it's a bow. It's a half curse on this regard. Of Bo didn't play amazingly, and he's, but he he went out there after having that injury, and he he basically was like, well, listen, this is a matter of my team has a standard a chance to be zero and three if I'm not out there, uh, and he put him he he put himself out there knowing he wasn't one hundred percent, but he was as close to it as he could be. Um, so for that, I respect that. And get the rest and get out there and, and perform next week. Because uh, you won't have that excuse next week of nah. uh, where I was, wasn't was 100%. They might not need it, though. We'll get to their game in a second. Let's, let's start with the Thursday night game. Lions at the Packers. Massive game in the NFC North. In Lambeau on a Thursday night. Both teams coming off a win. What you think? It should be a fun game. Um Absolutely, should be a fun game. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still thinking, uh, I'm still thinking Lions can take this. I am too, and it's not. I, I just can't <clears throat> see. I mean, the, the, we already talked about the Saints. The game changed with the Saints when Derek Carr went down. Mm-hmm. I, I, I sincerely hope it doesn't happen, but that Jared Goff goes down. But I just don't see the Lions putting themselves in a situation where they have something were to happen. They would let the game get flipped. I, I really think the Lions have the advantage here. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think I think Lions in general are a better team than the Saints, and you, you can't you can't get in any big hole <clears throat> against them. Um, so so definitely give me give me the Lions though. Falcons and Jaguars from London, from the top, from Wembley Stadium, actually not the Tottenham Hotspur mm-hmm. Stadium, from Wembley Stadium. The biggest deal of this game, I thought this would be a really good game. I think the Falcons are a playoff team. The <clears throat> Jaguars really need a win now and losing to the Texans. The biggest deal in this game is not the actual game. Is that the alternate broadcast of this game on on Disney Plus is a Toy Story game? 
Yep. The game will take place in Andy's bedroom. (laughs) I will watch that for the simple fact of I want to see this. I'll probably (laughs) end up turning off that and I'll probably end up turning on the real broadcast at some point. Mm -hmm. But I'm just curious to see what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's like the SpongeBob. What was it? The SpongeBob <clears throat> last year? Yeah. Or was it just overall Nick? Yeah, it was SpongeBob. Uh, just, it was Nick, but SpongeBob basically went with it because he couldn't do anything else. Yeah. So, it's just it, it's it, it's it's things. Where it's like, oh, I, I'm probably not. I'm definitely not going to watch the whole thing. But for the sake of seeing it happen, I tune it. it. It's just fun to it's just fun to think about it happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just I'm here for it. Uh, there's nothing for me that's negative in that of them doing that. There's no real negative to doing so. No, because no, it, it, it gets somebody else to tune in that might otherwise not. Yeah, or it gets someone to tune in twice. Hell, yeah, run it on two screens if I wanted. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Dolphins and the Bills. Can the uh, Bills slow the Dolphins down? Uh, it's, it's in Buffalo. First off, it's a damn crime that this is a one p.m. game. Like, absolute crime. That 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 some power that be didn't go on and say, you know what? Uh, screw you. This is a, a prime time game or something. You know what I mean? Like just can we just flex scheduling all yeah. year round? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's he, the big here. Here are a bunch of big things. Really, the big things here on on Buffalo's regard. Uh, I, I believe Allen is. Well, I guess minus Sam Howell now. Uh, I think Allen's up there in terms of turnovers again, uh, for, for in term, lining up with the quarterbacks. Um, he's got four interceptions in three games. And he's, he, well, he's been, he's particularly horrible under pressure. And this is important because Miami had 12 hits on Russ. 12. Uh, not sacks, of course, just QB hits. But that's pressure that makes mistakes. And Allen, as as good of a quarterback as he is, is not good under pressure. So, if they get to him half as much as they got to to Russ, he's not going to have a. It's going to be a tough day for him. Um, Waddle's expected to be back, so. How how is Buffalo going to to focus on both him? How are they going to go about that? We know it can be effective, and that's typically basically double teaming them all the time, at least Hill. But then, how do you how how do you stop Waddle? Um, and well, apparently. Miami has two damn good rushing uh, running backs. <laughs> so, and, and Buffalo's defense is uh, upper middle of the road. So it's a solid rushing defense, but are they going to be able to contain Mostert and uh, a, a, a chain? Uh, a Chanier? I don't remember how you pronounce his last name. But he's a rookie. Uh, but he went off. Those are some big... Those are honestly, those are the biggest points because right now this is Miami's, this is Miami's division to lose at this current moment. Miami are the big dogs. Um, and if you get even the slightest pressure on Allen, I think that makes 
the biggest difference. And we, well, we know they can put pressure. I agree. <clears throat> and to me, th- this is the one game that Josh Allen cannot afford a turnover. Mm-hmm. You cannot give this offense any extra possessions because they will kill you. Yep. If he turns the ball over once, <clears throat> game's over. Yeah. If, it, I'm sorry, but I, the, the Bills have to win the turnover battle by at least two to win the game, to feel confident about winning the game. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, and I still think it'll be a, I think it'll be a shootout, honestly. I would, uh, there's, I, I, I think it stands to be a shootout, uh, but it, it really will. Who makes the fewer mistakes? Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> Get this: the Broncos were on the receiving end of a seventy-point of a seventy-twenty blowout. Got beat by fifty, mm-hmm. and they're going on the road in the NFL, and they're a three and a half point favorite <clears throat> against the Bears. They got beat by fifty, and they got seventy drops, and they're a favorites by more than a field goal <laughs> the next week. Uh, that alone should tell you how bad the Bears are. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's uh, Justin Fields is the team's leading rusher. Again, that that this is this, we know we know how good the team can be. We've seen it last year, and it basically started with them beating the Patriots and. They went on. They they went on a rampage after that, and then they got humbled back to uh, brought down back down to earth pretty damn quickly, and but they went on a rampage very briefly, <laughs> and it was yep. a t- it was a what the heck's going on now, uh, but throughout that that point last season, most of the most of the problems you looked at it and you didn't blame Justin Fields because he was doing a damn good bit of work. Um, and again, he's basically the workhorse now. Like I said, he's the team's leading rusher. And so it's not particularly at the fault of him that they're doing poorly. Um, <clears throat> which He also called out his coaching staff. Yeah. And it, it, which even further makes me question why anyone is even bringing up the idea that they get rid of him for somebody else. Uh, there was even a brief mention... Uh, Probably, I would hope not serious, but it's the internet, so hmm. Uh, of the Bears trading fields for Wilson and two other picks, I'm like, in what world does this make your team better? No, no world. And I can't imagine the Bears would, would entertain that, but whoever proposed that on the internet was on the highest amount of drugs possible. Um... Because it's not a quarterback play problem. It is an overall team coaching. And it might even damn well be upper organization problem. Oh, it is is organization problems. This is just horrible. Absolute horrible. And for them them to be in a situation where you, like you said, You've got a team coming in who just got absolutely manhandled to a literally almost historical manner. If it weren't for the mercy of one Mike Daniel. um, And you're still not favored to win at home. You have some serious introspection to do. 
The Chicago Bears <laughs> are a very proud organization. And it is a shame to see what this what state of complete disrepair it has fallen into. Mm-hmm. It really is a shame. And here's the yeah. thing. This is also, for me, the don't fire head coaches without a damn good <clears> reason <throat> to do so. They fired Lovey Smith for going 10-6, and six, and they have only had one winning season since. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't fire head coaches that win 10 games in the season. Yeah, just, yeah just maybe. To me, if you have a winning record, you should be automatically safe. Mm-hmm. Unless you have done something incredibly stupid to the point where I have no choice but to fire you. You give me a winning record, I will back you to the very end. Let's go. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, that dumbfounded me from the second it came up. I, I, Whichever one of us shared it, immediately we were both expletiving to the highest expletive manner mm-hmm. of absolutely what is going on here. Um, just zero sense in that, and they have done nothing but suffer because of it. And, and they frankly deserve it. Simple as that. Yep, it's as, it really <clears> is as <throat> simple as that. Uh, Ravens and the Browns, two two and one teams coming in here. This game is in Cleveland. Uh, th- this feels like the this has got to be a get right game for the Ravens, doesn't it? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it it really does. Um, because the if if nothing else, the Browns' defense has been pretty dang good, and you've basically got a one man show on the offense. So maybe make it at least a two man show, and I think they'll, they'll be better already. I think so too. Because I think Cleveland's favored in this game by a few. Uh, They've got the home field advantage yes, they line. Are. But that's basically <clears> what they, the NFL yep. is. They're basically saying it's a toss up, but because Cleveland's at home, they get the field goal. Mm-hmm. I don't really think it's a toss up. Yeah. Because, so Cleveland's defense, they're allowing few, 188 yards a For game games, so far yeah. through three games. Uh, that's pretty dang good. Yeah. It is. The Titans really, really yeah. bad. That push that average way uh-huh. south. Yeah, that helps. I mean, the bank, the Steelers hadn't got themselves figured out. That have a lot of defensive help in that mm-hmm. game, and then you played a Bengals team in Week One that had an and a quarterback that hadn't played the entire preseason and no mm-hmm. training camp. Mm-hmm. I, impressive numbers, sure. Yeah, but you it's can like- find a caveat here. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a if you're holding if it it's a if the Ravens get held to fewer than two hundred yards, then it's really a hit the panic button in in Baltimore, mm-hmm. uh, because you got to figure something out. I mean, you got to figure out something now. But if you get held to fewer than two hundred yards, uh, you better be on the you better be picking up whatever free agent running back you can at the moment, and do it now. <laughs> yeah. Bengals, you know how I said the Bengals would like something? Mm-hmm. Tennessee. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I have I not picked the Bengals here. And I have zero reason to believe the Titans aren't going to fall to one and three. I, I agree. Uh, it, of, the two, uh, of the two teams that are struggling, uh, I 
have more trust in the Bengals to figure it out over the consistent, uh, what am I doing, Tennessee Titans, in the weirdest manners. Uh, this is weird because we both thought they were – I don't think we thought the Titans were going to be like, oh, my God, they're right there into the AFC championship or anything, but we thought they'd be better than this. They, they tend I mean, to be – I mean, has embarrassed himself so far. Yeah, it's, it's a moment of – I tend to expect them to be competing for a playoff spot. And at this moment, there's no damn way they're competing for uh, a playoff spot. No. Rams go to the Colts. Uh, no one knows who's going to start for, for the uh, Colts. But this feels like a game the Rams got to have because you one and two. If you lose to a team that would maybe on the backup quarterback, it would say a lot for the Colts, obviously. It would make them three and one, and I would start buying back some of that stock I sold. Mm-hmm. But – the Rams really need this one, don't they? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> it, it's a, it's it's get get the quarterback play where you want it, and it's getting it's been getting better. Um, obviously, we expect it to be a little bit of a rough rougher start off for Matt uh, for Stafford, um, but. It's it's really a you still not got much of a winning game. So how does that develop here? Uh, because you're getting you're getting things figured out passing wise. You're getting he's figured out who he trusts who he trusts in the receiving core, and he's getting himself fig- uh, uh, straightened up. And you've got the Colts team who's been fighting the whole this whole time. Like they've been, they've been putting up a fight the whole time. So, yeah, you, you've got to, you've got to find yourself. You got to get that. You've got to keep that, keep some kind of momentum, and establish some sort of momentum rather. Um, and you're doing that going into a, into Indianapolis, and they've been loud. And yeah, even the betting line is even, dead even, dead even. Not even a home field advantage. You're just dead even. Bucks go to the. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was. Either way, I, th- I think either team can stand to win this game. Uh, I wouldn't. Yeah. And that's why I agree with the line. I, I can't confidently pick a winner out of here. I can't either. Bucks go to the Saints. Uh, Derek Carr, I would say, doesn't play. Personally, to, I think it's Jameis. Let's see. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. They'll hold, um, they'll hold it until the very like Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. I was night. trying to see if I remember because it was just a it was a shoulder issue, but I couldn't remember how bad of the shoulder issue. But everything saying uh, uh, he even called as two hours ago is saying if I'm out there then then I'm good. So it it must not be a a oh he's definitely gonna miss a week because I think I thought there was originally some worry that he might have um, uh, tore a muscle or something. Yeah. Let's say Jameis plays for the sake of arguments. Mm-hmm. Uh, then this becomes an even game, and it really becomes a toss-up. Uh, the line is three for New Orleans, so home field advantage. Uh, if Derek Carr is out there, I feel a little bit better if I'm the Saints, but the guy is coming off an injury, so not a ton better. This should be one of those classic division mm-hmm. games where it's like, look, no one knows who's going to win this game. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. Yeah, and and the 
the thing that you know, historically helps the Saints is that they, over the last quite a few years, have have had the Bucks name. Uh, so that that at least history's on their side. Um, so we'll we'll see. Uh, and I I think the 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 important thing with with last last week was that Winston came in. He Winston also put up a hundred yards, so he pretty much almost matched Core's stat line coming out of there. Um, and we know he's a bit more mobile. So how's how's that going to change the way the Bucks prepare, especially if there's no solid who's going to be out there? Exactly. So and I then, think I think that does give on top of the fact that it's home for revenge. I think that that in itself kind of gives the edge a little bit more of an edge to the Saints for me. A little bit. The man is that the Eagles have already kind of talked about this game, so no real need to go any further on it. Uh, Vikings and the Panthers. Who would have thought, guessed this would be an 0-3 ball? <laughs> but it is. Uh, yeah. And, um, well, I, I, <clears throat> I would love to stand here, to sit here and say, oh, the, the Vikings are just going to, like, there's no way the Panthers win. But at the same time, the Vikings have found a way to bungle away every game they've played so far this year. So I can't sit here and go, all of a sudden, I am in love with the Vikings' chances of winning this game. I can't. Yeah. I'd love to, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm... I, I, until proven otherwise... I am not of the belief that the Vikings will not continue to shoot themselves in the foot. Um, I it just, it, I'm not, I don't believe it. Um, at least the Panthers, I mean, the Panthers have been, have been fighting as well. But the, and I just feel like the, the, the Panthers have got more fight in them than the Vikings. Because uh, the Vikings just feel like they're hobbling. And I'm, I, so I'm not. I'm not confident it, it'll be. Um, I'm not confident in the Vikings whatsoever. Is is effectively what I'm saying. Yes. Um, if it comes down to a one score game, count them out. Yeah. Simple as that. If they have one any chance at winning, who score yeah, lead? Be done with it. Yep. I, I can't disagree with any of that. I would love to, but I can't. Steelers go to the Texans. Um, th- this is a game that you think – I mean, the Texans did just beat the Jaguars by 20. So, it's the same line we hear every week, every year in the NFL. Just when you think you figured the NFL out, you get reminded you don't know a damn thing about it. <laughs> so, I mean, I would think the Steelers win this game and going away, but then again mm-hmm. – the Texans are coming off a fairly big win. And the Steelers, for all intents and purposes, manhandled the Raiders and only won by five. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, this, it's a really weird game, but I expect the Steelers to win, yeah. as I think, what I'm trying to get across. It's funny. This game doesn't even give me a, uh, a team stat side-by-side here in the, the preview. It's weird. Uh, oh, there it is. I had to scroll a little down. It, it wasn't... Uh... There we are. But I really wanted to see, like, turnovers for and against... Um... The the big the big thing for me is turnovers. Uh, CJ Stroud's yet to throw an interception in 121 pass attempts, which is that's impressive in itself for uh, for a rookie. Um, so uh, 
can, can they continue that? I think win win the turnover battle and Houston could 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 still win this. Um, I, I I do think that because Mike Tomlin and because they're they're starting to get some things uh, rolling, uh, I I do think I favor Pitt here, but I, I don't I don't in any way count out Houston. Uh, especially if they they keep playing safe with the ball. Yeah. You don't throw the ball over this league is amazing what happens. Mm-hmm. Raiders at the Chargers. Uh <laughs> if if Garoppolo can't go, it's what, Jared Stidham? I think so. Yeah, I, give me the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I, and I'd say even with Garoppolo, I, I might give the Chargers. Uh, I, I would lean towards the Chargers. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Garoppolo has six interceptions, so he's probably leading the league in interceptions at this yeah, point. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, let's let's do a quick let's do a quick stat stat sheet look up uh, for the NFL leaders. Um, that's only we can do the stat of want... the day music. Yeah. Um, interception. Nope. Nope. Give me the. As team in a, a defensive interceptions, but not actually. Let me just get the whole offense and passing stats and see if it gives me everything. There we go. Uh, interceptions. Yep, Garoppolo with six, Sam Howell with five by way of his four in one game. Uh, Stafford, Jones, Allen, Wilson, Fields with four. When you said Jones, which Jones? You, uh, you, uh, oh, uh, Daniel Jones. I don't remember Mac having that many. Yeah, I think Mac has. What, I think two? he has two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one yeah. against the Eagles, then I think one against the Dolphins. I think he was fine on Sunday. Yeah, Mac is is yeah five t- uh, five touchdowns, two interceptions. That needs to get a lot better ratio. Mm-hmm. That, that that's that's not. Nope, can't do it. Uh, and then let's see. Yep, there is. There's that. So yeah, Garoppolo's. So I guess <laughs> yeah. In, in the, uh, plus, Garoppolo might have a week to not have an interception on the board, uh, which is just – it's weird to think about because Garoppolo's ne- not really been a turnover machine. No, he's not. He's always um, been very good with the ball. Yeah, he's generally been pretty safe. Um, so uh, that's that's just – that's weird. Weird to think about. Um, yeah, give me – I think even with Garoppolo out there right now, give – whether it's Garoppolo or not – I, I I think I'm leaning Los Angeles, uh, but I again also would not be surprised if Los Angeles just decides to bungle it away in the way they've been doing. Um, so yeah, but, but I do favor I do favor uh, Los Angeles in this one. Cardinals at Niners. Uh, the Cardinals may be the Cowboys, but they are not beating the Niners. No, so uh, I do uh, I do not expect two miracles in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it'll be closer than the 14-point spread put on there, to be honest. Uh, but I, I definitely favor San Francisco, especially in San Francisco. <clears throat> hmm? Uh-oh. I have lost you for a moment. Yeah, we mentioned if we could have flex scheduling all year. She said the Jets would have absolutely been flex something like 
The uh, the Dolphins have been this game, mm-hmm. but regardless of the fact of the fact the NFL really this, the Chiefs just jets away. Yeah, zero zero chance for the Jets the, whatsoever. The bigger question is this: Is my girl T Swift in the with Mama Kelsey in this game? <laughs> uh. Does Mama Kelsey even get her own box on the road? That's That's a good question. Does she sit with the owners? Mm-hmm. Does, does she Kelsey, go? She does she travel to road games? Does, does she travel on the road games? Well, like, see, well, well, I guess she can go see Jason play. Here's the yeah. thing: Jason's playing at home in Philadelphia at one o'clock. Travis mm-hmm. is playing in New York at eight. She can she, go to both she, games. Yeah, she quite. Yeah, yeah, she can literally go to both. Uh, so yeah, that's the biggest that. Who ever thought that the biggest thing about the Chiefs, Chiefs game we put on us, what Mom McKelsey is doing and what Taylor Zip is doing? Yep. I guess that's just it, their life now. Yeah. If there's one thing to be said, it's that NFL mamas get some get some news. Mm-hmm. Deservingly so. Hey, hey, um, amen to that. Amen to that. Last game mm-hmm. here, the MetLife will actually be also two games again. Jets. Playing on Sunday night, then a quick turnaround for the stadium crew. Seahawks at the Giants on Monday Night Football. Uh, the Giants have had since last Thursday to get ready for this game. The Seahawks have the traditional Sunday to Thursday, of uh, Sunday to Monday rather. Um, I mean, I, 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 I kind of, I, if Saquon's healthy, I lean to toward the Giants a little more, but I still think the Seahawks win overall. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think. Uh, I do favor the Seahawks here. I, honestly, I kind of, I'm honestly surprised that the line is even here, uh, at least on ESPN. Um, I don't understand that, to be honest. Uh, but if it is what it is, of course, this is also probably a separate betting line from something else, like on Bleacher Report or Yahoo or whatever. I think this is from Caesar Odds. Uh, yeah, this is a sportsbook. No, almost spend on what sportsbook they're using. So, because um, I think on Yahoo, let's see, what was Yahoo when I did my pick'em? Um, which also it's weird. I sent out, I resent out invitations for pick'ems, and either they didn't go through or something. Because not even my dad's got the pick. I think I'm literally the only one in both the column college and the. But, uh, yeah, I know you sent it out, and I know, and I, it never showed up. It's so weird. I don't know what's up with that. Um, okay, let me find the. <laughs> okay, that's weird. The Yahoo pick'em has the Giants by one and a half. I was like, nope, not happening. <laughs> no. uh, that's that's weird. Um, very weird. I do not understand that whatsoever. Now, that's a two. That's a that's a that's a half, that's a point and a half. Spread. That's a big difference in spread. Uh huh. In the NFL, <laughs> in college, you're like, okay, well, fine, whatever. But in the NFL, that's a big deal. Yeah, that that's weird. The the Giants. I'm sorry, the Giants are just not a better team than the Seahawks at the moment. That they're not. So I don't. I do not understand why the the line is that close. I, I would. I, I don't expect it to be a blowout by any chance. Uh, but I do. Not, I genuinely do not understand that. Not um, to mention, historically, Pete Carroll teams do quite well in the Eastern Time Zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like you're asking like, oh, it's not like 
uh, late in the year in December when everyone's beaten and banged up and you just played a fist fight against, you know, insert team here. And then you got to go fly and play oh, on Monday night. And then you got to go play a road game on Thursday or I mean, never do on Monday, Thursday, but another on Sunday. Like, like it's not, it's not the same. Yeah. yeah no, it's not at all. early in the season and you've, it's a Monday night. You've had eight days. Mm-hmm. Like, it's truthfully not. I, I, I don't know why the Giants are favored in there. I don't even know why the spreads even on ESPN. I truly don't. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I don't. They're not a better team than the yeah. Seahawks. Because here's, here's the thing. The, 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 the Giants' offenses are averaging less at 277 yards a game. Now, the, the Seahawks are giving up 400, but the Giants ain't putting up 400 yards. As simple no. as that. Not happening. If they um, get to 300, I'll consider it to be a good day. Yeah. Um, especially not especially if they don't have Saquon out there. It's not happening. It, it probably won't happen with him out there, but it's definitely not happening if he's not. Um, and the uh, we also got to throw in. Uh, I, I have to imagine because it's not. I don't know if I can access the full thing right there. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure the the I'd be pretty confident in saying that the Seahawks have, uh, are much safer with the ball. I would say so. Yeah, the Giants. Uh, I know at least Gino is because he's only thrown an interception to Jones's four, and Jones has only thrown two touchdowns. Um, so for a team that went six straight quarters to start the season uh, without a touchdown and had to come from behind some twenty points yeah. against the Cardinals, I I don't I don't I just don't I don't get why they're favorite. So. Seahawks for sure. But I'd say Seahawks by at least a touchdown. I I would agree with that. If, if it's less, I won't be truly shocked, but I would lean more towards a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And with that, that comes to the last everyone's favorite ending segments, what we learned this week. I'll go first this week. Uh, last week, I took a uh, trip with a friend and his girlfriend. Uh, we were trying to follow the Norfolk Southern main line from Bluefield, West Virginia to Canova, West Virginia. And we struck out on the part that I think we kind of wanted to see. It was a very barren train day overall. I think we caught it. We rebounded once we got to Canova and Charleston. We got probably, let's see, two in Canova and then, uh, no, three in Canova and then three Norfolk Southern, one CSX, and then two more CSX in. in Charleston, but we had a rough day. But anyway, we stopped in Mate One, which is right on the Kentucky border, right on the Tug Fork River. And Mate One, I did not know this. I heard about the Battle of Mate One, the shootout of Mate One, uh, and I'll go into a little bit about that. In 1920, in May 1920, uh, there was a major uh, movement for mine coal miners to unionize. And as any company that is threatened by a union, like the coal companies were not thrilled with this, and they wanted to stop it at any rate they could. And of course, the only thing about West Virginia coal mining, you'll know that most all coal miners were living in company towns that were towns furnished by the company. They lived in company houses, and they were paid in script. They were paid in stuff that was only redeemable at the company store. And if you were caught buying uh, stuff that could have been sold at the company store, for any from anywhere else, you, you were going to be fired. You were owned for all intents and purposes by the company, and so these miners had gone on strike, and the coal company had come in to evict these people living in comp- on company property. Uh, 
And when they got off the train uh, in Mate 1, the sheriff came up and he sensed, they sensed trouble from the very beginning. They're like, oh, then I, I, th- there's going to be trouble here. Sheriff and his assistant, when the mayor, were all pro-union. And there was a shootout that broke out and it killed several people. Uh, the where the where the company had brought in people basically to like I said to basically enforce the eviction notice, and it turned bloody and it was really it was bad. But I knew all I knew a good bit about. It. I didn't know specifics, but I knew enough about. It. It's like okay, I know what happened to make one. Uh, what I learned this week is that there are still bullets <laughs> in the bricks of the buildings in downtown Mate One. I don't huh. know if they're from that battle. Or if they're from subsequent skirmishes, because it wasn't like, oh, we had a battle, now you have a union. No, it went on for a while. But it was really an interesting sight to see. Uh, Also, a little bit of personal history for me, my great-great-grandfather was uh, wounded, and he was part of the uh, effort to unionize here in Fayette County, Raleigh County, in this part of West Virginia. And the story goes that uh, he was having a, uh, a meeting with other people concerning the uh, unionization and some uh, company dete- quote unquote detectives came in and figured out that what was going on and shot into the house that they were at, killed the man next to him, but injured my grandfather, my great grandfather to the point where he had to have his leg amputated. And we actually have his peg leg in, in the house right now. Wow. I'll show you. I show you a picture of that. Uh, I don't recall. Well, if not, I'll show it to you again when we get off of here. Um, but it's really kind of cool because he, he made it himself. He fashioned a peg of like, it looks like a crutch, but it's not. It's got mm-hmm. like a little pad you can put it because it, it was below the knee where they, where they amputated the leg. So his stub obviously would have been, you don't, that, that would have been sensitive, right? So he didn't do it. He bent his knee and put his knee into the uh, cushion he, he, he had. So that's kind of interesting. My cousin who lives in uh, uh, Chicago, outside Chicago, came down last Friday. And he's like, before he came down, I said, do you want, they called him Poppy, do you want Poppy's peg leg? And I'm like, um, okay. Now, me not being familiar with stuff like that, I always thought when he said peg leg, I think like a pirate, like it's one like a little peg and then like a little round hole around like top, right? Like a table. Mm-hmm. No, it is completely different from what this is, but it was really kind of cool to see it. <laughs> uh, my dad knew Poppy. He would, he was a big baseball fan, big fan of the Detroit Tigers. And uh, basically as far as I understand, uh, if he was watching the game, you didn't talk and you sat there and you watched the game. But then all you like baseball didn't really matter. Also, he would reach up with with his uh, with his little uh, cane, like whatever part of the peg leg, not the peg, but part of the he had he had a cane, yeah, I think too is what he said. And he would go up, and of course, TVs at this point he died in nineteen seventy six. Uh, TVs were had knobs, right? Mm-hmm. He would turn the knob with the cane. <laughs> That's how he would do it. So. A little interesting family history, especially, like I said, it was interesting to learn about West Virginia history while I was down there, but it was even more interesting to see, having just had that discussion about what happened with Poppy, and then to go to what is considered the many places, along with along with Blair Mountain, to be one of the epicenters of the West Virginia Cold Wars. So yeah. It was really kind of interesting to see for that one. 
that's where I learned this week. What about you? Um, so researchers in China have um, have genetically engineered silkworms to spin spider silk. Huh. Um, so what, what basically what they've done is they've taken a gene called MISP from the orb weaver spider um, in East Asia and they have used the wonderful technology uh, one of my favorite things in biology it's called CRISPR it won a Nobel Prize back in 2020 um, it's initially a bacterial defense system so basically it cuts with high precision um, uh, gene targets and it's used to destroy uh, invading bacteriophages uh, for, for bacteria the bacterial defense uh, regard but what we can utilize it for is, well, highly specific genetic engineering. Um, so what they've done is they've taken the uh, the analogous gene in in um, the silkworms and have effectively hybridized it with the spider uh, uh, silk gene and introduced it back into. Um, uh, worm, worm larva. I don't know if that's the. I don't know that much about worm biology to know the developmental stages. Uh, but baby worms, <laughs> and these worms are able to produce spider strength silk. Um, huh. And one of the one of the driving factors behind the uh, behind doing so is that we already. As uh, well as a, as a human race, uh, in some cultures already harvest spider silk, uh, or not spider silk, sorry, uh, silkworm silk, and it has you know, it has its uses. But spiders are not as easy to cultivate and you know harvest their silk. So if you can utilize that. Uh, in silkworms, because we all know spider silk is tough, and in some instances can be in the can be tougher than Kevlar, um, then it can be produced at a greater volume and utilized. One of the first thoughts is that it it be more so useful in the medical field um, for sutures and such, um, but naturally, as you know, as, as defense contractors be someone will certainly try to to ramp it up in, in the body armor realm but uh nevertheless it might for all we know it could, it could be quite useful for that uh, so it's just it's just neat I, I anything that comes out with anything that happens with crispo and the stuff that crispo enables is just wonderful uh i i have been enamored with this uh, technology since I learned about it in, in college well before it earned a Nobel Prize. Um, just the, the the sheer thought that so I think it was in the 80s, if I recall properly, when it was really um, uh, discovered that you could just look and go, oh, here's a bacteria and this is effectively its immune system. It's a basically, uh, you know, for, for the lack of a better word. Uh, oh, look, we could, it's just cutting these genes with high accuracy. Oh, I bet we can use this. And boom, now 
you know, it's being used in crazy, uh, just crazy um, experiments. Um, it, it, it's, it's always been one of my favorite. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It, it really is. It's, it's, like, no, I've said it once and I will say it again. Most of the things that you bring up, but it's still true. Technology is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. So that is what I learned today. What I learned in boating school is... Yes. <laughs> uh, what I learned this week is that we'll be back next week to talk about West Virginia TCU. Mountaineers have the week off next week in anticipation of TCU of Houston. So we'll get to that next the week afterwards. Patriots have the Saints after they play the Cowboys. So we'll dig into a little NFC... Uh, I'm just going to call it an NFC two-step because one of those teams is actually, the game's not actually going to be played in Texas, so I'm going to go with it. <laughs> yeah. It's an NFC two-step. So with that, we'll talk next week on season on season four, episode 10 of the Scientific Coaching Podcast. This has been season four, episode nine, Scientific Coaching Podcast. We're approaching three hours in this show. It's about time we shut up. Holy Gary, cow. Take us home. <laughs> Adios, everybody.